Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Welcome back to Mike'd Up. Today's March 13th, Monday, March 13th. Look who's here. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I appreciate the boys. I appreciate Jay Mitch. I appreciate Lloyd for uh, picking up the slack. That's what teammates do. They uh, next man up mentality. They pick up the slack when no one, someone is out. They uh, they did that for me. I had some engagements that I had to go to that I couldn't get out of. I am now back. I am exhausted, but I am back. Um, I actually had a pretty not good night's sleep. I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty recovered. I know you're exhausted, Jay. You had a big weekend down in Dallas again. You're making that trip down there. Uh, Your boy's been on the road yeah. a lot recently. Yeah, you've been driving a lot. It's okay. I get road. that. I feel that. Putting uh, new uh, little miles on the new whip. God, the boy's been on the road a lot. It's been, it's been a minute. Me and Lloyd were at a, he, Lloyd was at a wedding on Saturday in New Orleans. I was also in a wedding in New at a wedding in New Orleans on Saturday. We had no idea. He didn't even tell me he was in New Orleans. I didn't tell him I was in New Orleans. We didn't cross paths. Probably for the best. Probably for Probably the best. Probably for the best. Probably for the best because it was daylight saving sign, which good riddance. That is over with now. There's no more daylight savings. I am very happy that the days are longer. They, the, the sun doesn't come up quite as early, but it stays up way longer. Great for our golf games, right? Not on Mondays and Wednesdays, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Possibly you can stay out there a little longer, right? Get out there a little later. Stay out there a little longer. Play some golf throughout the course of the day. Take a little bit. Um, I'm very happy that daylight savings time is no longer a thing. I think that was uh, very much that's long overdue. So I'm very happy about that. But on Saturday, it's when the daylight savings time goes forward an hour. So it, you know, I looked at my clock when it was 1:59. It went to two, but there was no such thing as two o'clock. It went right to three. Just skipped that whole two o'clock hour. And so it's probably best I didn't go out and didn't see you because I probably would have gone out had I seen you. Yeah, um, we'd have seen the time change. Yep. <laughs> I did it right that night. I was in. I was tucked in bed about twelve thirty. I was night, listen. Dude. I had two pizzas, so I ordered a pizza two? from Jordan. Now listen, you mean oh, like slices or no? No, listen, listen. I ordered a DoorDash pizza. What before, time? Before midnight. I was like, oh, this is perfect. It's before everybody's really gonna start ordering it in New Orleans. Says it delivers it at twelve oh four. I go out to see it. No delivery. Someone snagged my pizza. Was Bo there? Right? No, no, no. <laughs> Bo eats used pizzas. Snagged it. I'm like, this, he says it's delivered. So I'll check everything. Okay, this motherfucker. So I was like, all right. Went to the DoorDash, said I refunded my stuff, said whatever. So wait, how do you think this happened? I have no how idea. How long was it sitting there? It wasn't sitting there that long. I was literally ready. I was looking at, okay, they're here. I'm going to go. And they got, he's like, hey, your DoorDash is arriving. Oh, it's delivered. And I'm like, oh, he must have just went to the front desk. And dropped it off. I think, oh. he, I think he gave it a handoff to somebody. Right? Somebody, no doubt, no doubt, <laughs> nice right? Little form handoff. I think it might have right? been a little quarterback keeper. Yeah, no, 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 that's what. That's also I think. Nice so, little halfback lead. Right so anyway, there. so that happens, right? <laughs> so then I order another pizza. pizza literally ten minutes. Good. Ten minutes later, order another pizza. Same shit happens. Twenty six Nebraska. Two pizzas <laughs> by DoorDash. Two times, both times stolen. I said, "This is ridiculous." So did you eat any pizza? That we day? ended up walking a few blocks to get pizza because. That's my wife, we my wife, no, no, not, this, uh, <laughs> not, not to that spot. Not to the spot. We not went to, to that spot. This spot was a little bit better. This was like I got ordered it on DoorDash to go pick up this time. It was ready when we got there. We went much needed because my wife needed some some food. She needed. Wow. She definitely needed some food. Got wow. sponge. But it was a good day. Okay, let's get to the Heineken headlines because Jay Johnson Mondays. Jay is coming on the show uh, via video call at six ten. I don't want to keep him long. I know he's very busy. He's prepping for the game tomorrow. They play UNO at home tomorrow. It is the last, not the last non-conference game, but it is the last game before he gets into the SEC slate. LSU made light work of Sanford this weekend. They didn't play more than seven innings all weekend. 
scored a ton of runs, gave up barely any runs. Uh, it was a very impressive display of baseball by the boys. We'll talk to Jay about that, talk to him what we can expect this weekend going to Texas A&M for the opening weekend of the SEC. Uh, Jared Jones also coming in studio at the 7 o'clock hour to talk about his monster weekend, talk about the adjustments he's made at the plate through the course of the last couple weeks, right? Because before that, he kind of went into a little, little bit of a slump, as everyone does, especially freshmen. He comes out in a big way. It's four home runs and four at-bats. Large Almost way. five. Huge way. Yeah, almost five home runs and five at-bats. Um, but he rebounds really well. Will Wade is back in the boot. He is now the head coach at Magnese State. Good for him. I'm very happy for him. He had to fall on the sword here at LSU. It was either him or football. I don't know if he fell on it or if he got pushed on it. I mean, it was either him or football. I think it's always going to be football's <laughs> always going to win that he got battle, right? On it. I don't even think he fell on it. Yeah, so he, you know, he he sac- they sacrificed Will Wade. You're telling me football is more important than what I'm doing at basketball? Yeah, and look, he did a great job. And I think he's going to have some success at Magnese. But for everybody thinking that it's going to be doomsday for LSU basketball, I would just hold. Hold. Doomsday in the sense of, hey, they're going to steal recruits from LSU. Like, I'm not worried about them stealing recruits from LSU. I'm worried about somebody else stealing recruits. I think he's going to do well there and he's going to have success there. But it's not. It's it's Magnese Day at the end of the day. And those big recruits that LSU is going to lose, maybe lose, aren't going to pick Magnese State over some of these other bigger schools that may be recruiting him. We're going to get into that. NFL free agency is is well underway. The new the new league year has started. Aaron Rodgers is the, is the hot topic. Is he going to sign? When is he going to sign? Where is he going to go? It seems like he's going to go to the Jets. We'll find out soon. LSU women's basketball. They get the three seed. Um, a little controversial. It's been like that all year. But they're in the tournament. It's tournament time. Now it's put up or shut up. And I think that's the way they want it, right? It's time to go. There's no more talking about we should have been this, we should have been that. Let's go out there and win. Let's prove to everybody how good we are, right? And uh, the last thing we want to talk about, or we will talk about, or try to get to throughout the course of the day, is the Saints. They've cleared a ton of cap space. They've signed their new quarterback. They have a lot of opportunity to go ahead and build some, uh, build a team for not only next year, but for the future with a lot of draft capital and, and, so, and those types of things. So we're going to try to get into that. But before we do that, it is... Like I said, Jay Johnson Mondays. These were the Heineken headlines. Um, and Jay is so kind. Is he in there? Not yet. Not yet? Okay, perfect. I went through him. I was trying to go through him quick. I know. He's usually very prompt. I, I, haven't, gotten an very, email. Uh, I haven't gotten an email back. I was being very uh, conscious of hey, if you're, his time. Right? So here, here's mm-hmm. the deal. Before Jay gets on here, talk about my little incident. I'm sure this has happened to a lot of people that I've ever flown Southwest. I used to enjoy Southwest. I don't really enjoy flying Southwest anymore, but there's two places that I will fly Southwest to all the time because of the non-stops. New Orleans to Tampa, always have good non-stops from, from there. And then from New Orleans to Vegas, has a good Southwest has a great non-stop from New Orleans to Vegas, right? To Miami too. They got to go in there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I don't really go to Miami. I've been to, you know, I've used Southwest to, to Dallas, Tampa. To Dallas, to Houston. But, I, but I'll, fly at a, I'll fly out of Baton Rouge to yeah, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So... I don't usually use it that much. I used it this time, right, because of the flights and the nonstops and all these things, right? So I'm going there and all good things I so far. Always, I always pay the extra $25 to get the early bird check-in, so I'm in that A boarding group. So I know that I'm going to either get an aisle or in a window seat. I particularly like the aisle seat. So I get on there. I'm in like eight rows deep. I'm ready to go. I'm on the aisle. I am locked in. Ear for headphones in. On my phone, not making eye contact with anybody because it's me 
and a guy next to me or on the, on the window. I've already pointed out a couple mistakes of yours already, but keep going, please. Okay, okay. The window seat and the aisle seat are both taken. Middle seat's open. As a lot of seats around us, there's probably 18 other rows that have middle seats available. Maybe at this time, it's probably maybe now down to about 10. So I'm sitting there. Like I said, I'm not making oh, that, eye contact. That D group's coming in hot. I'm not making eye contact <laughs> with anybody. And so I'm sitting there. All of a sudden, we're getting close to the time to take off, and everybody needs to be sitting. All of a sudden, I get a tap on the shoulder. And I'm like, who damn, here we go. Who and I'm like, okay, who is this? I turn around. Yeah, about 315-pound bills. Big human being says, you know what? Hey, can I, can I squeeze in there, <laughs> sir? And I'm like, I mean, you ain't yeah. squeezing anywhere, but First I'll, off, I'll me, move out the way. Let me move you. for you real yeah, quick. Yeah, I'm not going to let you try to squeeze your big ass around me. I'm going to get out of the seat so you can sit down. He plops in the seat, takes up both armrests. I have broad shoulders as it is. The guy next to me is not that small of a guy. This guy picks our seat, and I look around just before I sit down. Oh, there's about eight other middle seats open with you know some smaller, older people, whatever. Jay's listening to my story. I know. He, he should have told me he was in here. <laughs> he just hopped in. He should have in it. So anyway, long story short, this guy sits to me for an hour and a half flight, mouth breathing, stinky breath. It, it was not fair. You got to get a little lean on, man. You can't sit up straight. You kind of got to lean no, into the spot. No, no, I, yeah, no. Yeah, he, he did it. Anyway. Come on. All right. It's Jay Johnson. It's Jay Johnson Mondays. Jay's in here. You could have told me that before I started the story that he was already in he here. He hopped in the middle of it. I didn't want to um, be rude. I thought he'd, wanted, I thought he'd entertain Look, no break. Let's get, him, let's get him right into it. Let's Absolutely. get him right into it. Coach, I appreciate you joining us, man. I appreciate uh, you coming in here. And Lloyd was actually very uh, did a Lloyd thing and just didn't let me know. So thanks for joining the show. All good, all good. We can overcome Lloyd. We yeah. can overcome. That's it. That's it. You got to overcome adversity, and Lloyd is in my adversity every show, every day. He is, he every is every it. team needs a Lloyd. Every show. He's the cloud on my on my sunny day. Well, Coach, I know you're busy, man. I don't want to keep you too long. So let's let's jump right into it. This weekend was huge for you, right? You actually had, come through a. You're getting out of a, a long stretch of games, right? You had a four-game series last week. You had a midweek game uh, on Wednesday, and then you had another three-game series. So that's eight games, I think, in ten days, about or so, so around those along those lines. Y'all didn't play nine innings. Y'all y'all made quick work of Sanford. What did you see from the guys this weekend? What were you most proud of, and what are some things that you wish that they could have done a little bit better, if there's any? Yeah, I thought the consistency was really good. I think um, I like the arms that Samford threw. Like, we faced decent pitching in my estimation. When you look at their stuff, uh, how they performed you know, up into the series, I thought we took really good at-bats. Uh, I thought we played good defense. I think we only had one error in the three games. And um, so that was good. And then the pitchers, you know, really good. I mean, you know, Paul was Paul. Ty had a really good start. Patrick was really good yesterday. And kind of a hard weekend to evaluate the bullpen. We didn't get a lot of guys in. Um, the couple of the 10 run rule things snuck up on us. Uh, I think we achieved one of them in the bottom of the sixth inning. So we only had to go out and throw one inning out of the bullpen. And then we obviously scored nine in the bottom of the seventh yesterday. So um, all in all, pretty good. You know, nothing, not a lot to complain about in a 36-2 to two weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned Ty Floyd. You mentioned Thatcher. Obviously, you know, we knew how talented Ty Floyd was based off of what he did towards the back end of last year. And everybody talked about how talented Thatcher was. And you saw it, you know, a little bit against Texas. And then you really saw it this weekend. This is Ty Floyd's second Saturday start. This is Thatcher's first. Is this the weekend rotation that we can expect moving forward um, in the near future, or is this, is this something that you're still going to try to tweak 
um, in, the, in the coming games? Yeah, I think what we do is uh, we look at it week to week based on the opponent and based on where guys are at. Um, we kind of set up the season um, in, in like this first 16 or 17 game period beforehand. And, you know, there was some tweaking and adjusting and obviously Grant Taylor getting hurt kind of complicated it a little bit, but we had a pretty good plan of how we wanted to roll through these, these four weeks. And for the most part, it, it, it worked out pretty good to kind of get us to this point. Uh, it just kind of depends on, on week to week. The opponent is somebody over the left-handed versus right-handed and they struggle with a certain type of thing. Now, that being said, you know, I have confidence in the guys that we rolled out there this weekend on the weekend, have confidence in the bullpen. But, I mean, you're looking at other guys, you know, right on the fringe of this thing. Like, you know, Chase Shores has right. given up one nine innings and has right. pitched really, really well. Um, you know, there's guys emerging. You know, Griffin Herring, Micah Bucknum, two freshmen that I want to get in the ball game more often. And um, so – that's been the one challenge with the, the shortened games deal is I would have liked to have gotten a few more guys out there uh, tomorrow, you know, midweek game against a team that's doing well. And I think they have 11 wins so far, you know, maybe a good opportunity to, to see a couple guys, but there's guys that are at the forefront of what we're doing that, that need to get in the game and work also. So it's a little tricky, but, but happy with what the pitchers are doing right now. Yeah, we, got, we actually spoke about that before the season started. When I asked you about that question, that was one of the things that we had talked about was you don't – it's not – having the seven-inning game and the shortened game doesn't allow you to get some of these young guys in or some of these guys in the bullpen to get to work. How do you combat that, right? How do you um, – you know, I know you've mentioned that you have a plan in place for some of these guys, even if they aren't able to get in. What is that plan? Like, what, what does that consist of? Yeah, we, we kind of went into immediate adjustment mode yesterday after the game and basically just tweaked a little bit of what guys throwing, what throwing they were doing. Some guys needed to throw post-game yesterday, which they have to do on their own because we can't coach them after the game. That's like an NCAA rule. And then today is an off day, so we set some of them up. Um to throw on their own if they chose to do that um, again with, with no coaches. And then tomorrow, you know, we have a little bit of a different plan, you know, maybe because of how the weekend evolved. And then if we get through tomorrow and some guys still haven't thrown where we want them to, we'll adjust what they're doing on Wednesday a little bit as well. So it's, uh, it's a good problem to have, you know, it's just the, the big spreads in the games here recently um have kind of i don't want to say complicated it but you know maybe haven't allowed us to get everybody in that we want to now coach we spoke about uh jared jones earlier in the year and his presence in the lineup and all that stuff but let's be honest at the end of the day he's much more than just a presence he goes through a little bit of a mini slump kid breaks out in a huge way once you insert him back into the lineup what was talked about over the last couple of weeks or whatever however long it's been to kind of get him back into his groove and kind of get him back to feeling good. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, these guys that, that come to LSU, just like you guys, when you came to LSU, I mean, they're some of the top players in the country and, you know, sometimes haven't been challenged with adversity because every time they step on the field, they're the best player on the field. And that was probably the case for Jared. And so, you know, having a weekend where he scuffled a little bit, um, you guys know this, what happens is sometimes you start pressing, you just want that good result so that you can feel good, whether that's that hit, that homer, and then you get away from seeing the ball, you get away from 
you know, owning the strike zone, all of those types of things, and all the things that make you a good hitter, you lose track of, and it just becomes about trying to get a hit. Well, that's the worst thing you can do, and then sometimes it, it spirals. So last Monday, you know, I just I brought him in, and, and briefly we talked about I just wanted him to watch a game or two and just kind of see himself being in control of himself as if he were playing in that game. And then we just tweaked a, a little bit on some approach things, uh, you know, kind of talked through that, talked through kind of his mental game. And then he made a very small adjustment, that, which yeah. is total credit to him. He's a hard worker. He's at the field all the time. And, um, and then was ready when he got back in. And I think that shows a lot of maturity. You know, it's, it wasn't, didn't become about, hey, I got to do something to stay in there. Like, that's the worst thing that you can yeah. do. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he just, he kind of stuck to it and he's really talented and he's not going to be perfect, but um, the results were about as good as you could hope for. So happy for him. And it, it adds a real, real dynamic to our team that a lot of teams in the country don't have when he's in there and he's going good. So coach, I got to tell you, like we, I would probably say we saw maybe a two minute clip of like just random swings of his before we talked to him pre-draft. We had him on the show. He leaves the show. After the show, we were literally – we've been shouting his name from the rooftops since that day, and this is before the draft. What about what Paxton Kling has done so far that's gotten you to feel the most proud about what he's done? Because I feel like we saw this coming for a long time, and it's crazy to see a kid that young be that mature and kind of handle himself that way. Yeah, he's, he's really good. I think um, the first part about it is um, – you know how he kind of ended up here he was committed and i mean I, I accept this job and and there's a lot going when you you're changing you know from one big job in arizona to lsu and i got a call at like six in the morning west coast time the next morning from his travel coach jeff petty and said hey you definitely want this guy but he's gonna probably decommit and so I tried to get engaged with him and we talked a little bit. He decided he was going to open up his recruitment. <laughs> and I really, I was, was kind of upset at first, but, you know, then thinking through it, I mean, he wanted to establish a relationship with whoever was going to be his college coach. And so I called him back and just said, hey, I really would like to re-recruit you. And so he allowed us that. And then whether it was at the Harriet Hood Games, at the Team USA Trials, I just tried to be present and showing him like, Hey, like we're, we're here. Like, this is how it's going to be. If you come play for us is we're going to be really available for you. And sometimes you have to show really good players, you know, kind of love in that recruiting process. I flew up to uh, roaring Springs, Pennsylvania on like a Wednesday last September. Shortly after that, we brought him on an official visit. And then finally he said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come to LSU. And um, so going, kind of going through that process, I, I feel like we connected really well. And I learned a lot about him. And the two things I learned about him was baseball and his career were super important to him. And so I was like, this guy I know is supremely talented, but he wants to be really, really good. Like, you know, he's one of those guys that – you know, you need to have your I's dotted and T's crossed when you talk with him because he's really serious about his craft. And then pulling his name out of the draft, I thought showed a lot of maturity. You know, a lot of kids get super emotional about that pro baseball thing and this draft thing where this guy has a longer term picture where he wants to be a major league player for a long time and knew he was a little bit green, you know, yeah. just coming from the area of the country that he did and would really benefit from this experience and playing and developing. 
so that was like another layer of like and this this guy's got something unique to him and then when we started on our, our development stuff in the fall like we really pushed him forward like i was hitting him at the top of the lineup for either team on the inner squad just to try to catch him up and at bats and then just his willingness to learn, his coachability, his work ethic, like that kind of showed me another layer of maturity. And then, you know, got off to a little bit of a slow start, which, hey man, it's a big jump from high school baseball in Pennsylvania to yeah. division one baseball. And so he, he was a defensive replacement a few games, but he was just totally about the team and he was working and that's like, man, when this guy gets in and gets going, it's gonna take off and then, once we put him back in, when we returned from Texas, it's been like, yeah. I mean, he's like, he said like 700. Has he been out? I think you nailed it. Like when you're a freshman, especially coming in, because you want to make a great impression, not only on you, but on the fans and on the guys on the team. And you want to prove that I belong and I earn the spot to come in there and not uh, start off the way that you want to start and stay with it and stick with it and still be, you know, that same type of guy, I think that shows a lot about his character and how good of a player he is. And I think he adds a different dynamic to you. Obviously, he's really good defensively when he can run, but on the base path, on the base base paths, like he has, he's stolen a few bags. And I think he's the one guy. I feel like he, he does something a lot different than everyone else. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I'm craving for that. Like, uh, there's a super like part of like how baseball has evolved with the the walk and the homer are like the only important stats. Like sometimes I'll feel like my hands are tied coaching wise because the game's kind of built around that. You don't want to run yourself into outs, but like, I mean, I got here by being super aggressive. Well, now we have a player like that can outrun the baseball. And I know that's funny saying that. And so uh, he, yeah, hit a line drive up the middle and hit himself in the head. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I'm excited about him, and he's only going to continue to get better. And um, you know, really, really legit uh, at bats, charity out of him. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to A and M, before the preview of A and M, I want to talk about Tommy just a little bit. Obviously, he had the shoulder injury. Start off. I mean, I understand how baseball works. Jared understands how baseball works. Sometimes fans don't really understand how baseball works and they want to see it happen right away so they're worried about him after five games he's obviously gotten extremely hot he's pimping grand slams to dead center field which not many people can do that's very impressive whenever you know you've hit a ball out to center uh but you put him back at third base he made a play going to his left what have you seen from him uh not only offensively obviously we've already know, always known the talent there but defensively and having enough confidence and putting him back at third with his shoulder yeah. Um, first off, like I knew the offensive thing was right. special. Like, I mean, obviously not just what he did last year, but what he did in the fall for us. And then leading into the season, I really wasn't that concerned. I think, you know, there's a lot more hype around these guys than there ever has been yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, with the internet and all that. And then, you know, at LSU, there's a lot of interest around our team, which is great. It makes it the best place in the country to play. And then sometimes I think, you know, if, if they don't handle it the right way, they're trying to live up to like some standard that's completely unmeetable with baseball. And then that distracts you from what makes you good. And I mean, he got past that in a hurry. Right. And, uh, and just to, I'll just give you an example. Like yesterday, like we had the bases loaded, no outs, and he was up and he hit a, a ground ball 111 miles an hour at the shortstop for the play. And it's like, 
obviously you want to elevate the ball. And he was like kind of frustrated. And, uh, but I'm like, first off, you hit the ball 110 miles an hour. So we're <laughs> right. okay. We're okay. Uh, <laughs> secondly, like, secondly, like, Hey, here's a small adjustment that's going to keep you behind the ball and, and lift it. And then his very next at bat, it comes up in the same situation and does it exactly right. And it allows a talented player like that to, I guess, pimp a home run to the yeah. center field. Like, oh, yeah. never, I what that was like so <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what it is hard, like hitting a ball especially center field in alex box because like look people think it center field it's a hard place that the way he hit it and how he hit it and him knowing off the bat off the bat like that's not many not, people you don't can feel do that, that in, yeah. in, in, in alex box so that's impressive Co- <laughs> coach so you got tommy you got dylan you got Trey. You got like all of these older guys who've done a really, really, really good job of using the big part of the field and the opposite part of the field in this young part of the season. Has that? Have you been able to use that as kind of like a coaching point for some of these younger guys? Because it's one thing to see it in the fall. It's one thing to see it in the cage. It's another thing to see it when it actually really matters. Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, I, the hitting part is very big deal to me because yes. the game one of pitching and defense. Like I totally understand that, yes. but like if you look around college baseball, like you have to really stand out to be known as like a really good offensive program. You have to be able to recruit the right kind of players. You have to develop them the right way. You have to you know be able to when things aren't going good have something to go to. Um, and we try to put all of this together and this has been like over 20 years and now just getting to do it with these types of talents is a lot of fun. And after the Butler game last Friday, uh, we, we won like 12 to two, but I didn't feel like it was a very good game. And then we just kind of came back in. We talked about it after the game Friday night and kind of pinpointed some team wide adjustments that we wanted to make. And then it was like, boom, I mean, we've been going ever since then. And uh, the maturity that you see in the at-bats leads it to those guys being able to hit the ball to center field, to right field. And it's like, hey, man, please throw in because somebody tried to the other day and he hit one, White hit one 150 miles an hour off the wall. I mean, it was only, it wasn't run because it wasn't hit high enough. You know, I mean, Jones hits one over the scoreboard. Like, um, it's like th- their ability to handle the plate and yeah. handle different types of pitchers so far and their adjustments has been probably the most positive thing about the offense and, and you just there's no break you know there's no let up to so they have to pitch to somebody and and they're all kind of benefiting from that and benefiting from a good approach like they can hit the ball the other way with authority they can yeah. turn on the ball the middle of the field well and uh, we'll need to continue to do that to be successful. Yeah. With Tommy back at third base, um, and you know Trey going back to first, and then moving Jared to DH, is that kind of what you envision this, I guess, A-plus lineup? I know you have a ton of depth and you have a ton of guys that you have confidence in putting in whenever they need to, but with the, with the way the lineup has shaked, uh, shaken out now and with everybody healthy, is this kind of the lineup that you envisioned having when, when you started the season? <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll see. I think um, there's a lot of things we can do. Um, you know, there's a couple guys that are taking really good at bats. Like, you know, Kate Beloso has, has taken really, really good at bats. Like, he's going to get some at bats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Joe Bear has hit some key home runs, was really hot in, in Texas uh, for that tournament. Uh, we know what he can do based on last year. He's hit, he has hit into some tough luck and hit the ball hard. Like, he's obviously going to still figure into this thing. Uh, I really 
really like Ethan Fry. Um, that's a guy that I think is going to be a superstar here. Um, and there's a lot of things that we can do. You know, Dugas kind of reemerging right. uh, has been for our team. Um, and it's just like there's no there's no let up, you know. I mean, Brady Neal's taking really quality at-bats for a young player. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of ways we can do it. Um, sometimes it'll depend on the, the pitching matchup. Sometimes it's odd. And, and I think what I've liked the best is, you know, when we sat a guy and just kind of worked on something for a couple days, they're bringing it to yeah. the bat you know, that they take after that. And, and that's a really good sign of, of aptitude because not everybody can do that. So, Coach, SEC play starts this weekend. You guys take the show on the road to a team that was finished the year in Omaha last year. In your mind, in your eyes right now, what is it that the LSU Tigers need to do to be successful this weekend and come away with, at worst, a series win? Yeah, I think we just – first off, we need to play tomorrow night. Like, I know it's very coach speed. No, like, the, right. the, you just can't get get past that. I mean, it's a team that's got 11 wins and is playing really good. But as far as the weekend, and this this is not relative to this weekend. This is relative to the rest of the schedule yeah. is just play in character. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not disrupted or distracted from the things that make us really good and just kind of doubling down or recommitting to playing the game with the right mindset, the right fundamentals, whether we're up 10 to nothing or down five to nothing or in a one run game late. Um, you know, I think the pitching improvement gives us a little bit more margin for error. Um, at times last year in SEC play, I felt like we had to be perfect or we weren't going to win. And, um, and that team did a great job. I mean, we won 17 games and finished in fourth place uh, in a team that sent four teams to Omaha, or in a league that sent four teams to Omaha on seven to the six or seven to the Super Regionals. So um, I think just playing in character. And, um, you know, I, I've seen some things that make me believe we're going to do that, but the game really tests you and yep. challenges yep. you. This will be a test. Like, this is a veteran team, definite national championship uh, contender um, on paper. Uh, with the, the players they have returning. And um, it'll be one of several tests that, you know, we get to test our, our metal or mindset and play against. And, and it's really, really exciting. What are some of the challenges that A&M itself brings to you? Obviously, you go to A&M playing in, in uh, is it co college, that, station? No, college Station. But I was going to say Kyle Field, that's the football stadium. What's the baseball stadium called? Anyone know? I don't know. I don't Johnson know. Field. Anyway, playing at A&M. You're going there, you're on the road, they do the whole like ball five, ball six stuff. So it's obviously going to be hostile involvement. What challenges do the team themselves bring to, to you? Yeah, um, I think experience. You know, when you look at um, like the preseason all-conference team, as I was like filling out my ballot, it's like I think Boast is a really good player. Uh, Werner's a really good player. Uh, Minnick has been hurt, but he's a really good player. Uh, Jack Moss is a good hitter. Like, and all those guys were like the key to their team last year that, you know, went to, went to the College World Series. So, I mean, they have plenty of experience. Um, you know, Nathan Detmer on the mound is a really good SEC pitcher. Uh, will be a high draft pick. Chris Cortez, good arm. Um, their Saturday starter threw well. Um, so, but that's going to be the case with everybody we play. Right. I think, like, the combined, like, record of the 10 teams on our schedule is like, 120 and 26 or something like that so uh yeah it's just like so you don't you don't really make 
one opponent out to be anything. It just goes back to how you play and how you prepare and, and control on those things. And um, I think um, if we do that, then that helps us, and that's where we're at our best. Uh, we, we've talked about everybody on the – we've talked about almost everybody on this team. We've gone through the list. We've mentioned it. And, you know, it's going to be sound weird for me to say this. It's like almost people get bored by mentioning Dylan Cruz's name, but this man's hitting 5'10", going into SEC play – and that I don't, reaction says people just people just don't <laughs> even talk about him anymore. I'm like, you realize he's hitting half the time. He's up to the plate. He's getting a hit right now, and it's uh, not very dangerous. aware. Uh, but people don't talk about him. Like it's pretty it's pretty outrageous. How has it been being around this guy? Obviously, we've talked about this a lot, but you know, I'm super impressed. To me, he's the best college baseball player that I have I've ever watched. And you know, we were pretty good when we played here. And I, I'm not ashamed to say that I have no problem saying he is. Probably the best and most talented player that I have seen come out of college. He's especially a danger LSU. to my health. I have, no, I have no problem saying it's the most <laughs> advanced college swing I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. And he's killing me slowly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't even really know where to start. I think um, just from the play standpoint, I've we talked about how we were going to operate or how he was going to operate this year when everybody knows he's the best player on the field and uh, kind of likened it to Barry Bonds as he was having those amazing seasons with the Giants where it, you're going to have a lot of one for one or one for twos with a homer and, or an extra base hit and like three or four walks. And um, to see him execute yeah. like his plan and not get outside of it is ridiculously special yeah. and uh, there was an example on friday which act friday's game it actually got us going um he struck out in his first at bat and i don't think it was a strike and i'm convinced he knows the strike zone better than me <laughs> <laughs> but like something he, kinda, he swung at a ball oh one and it, it was a foul ball and samford kind of misplayed it and then I looked at him and I was just like, I could see him getting himself like retooled for his two strike approach. And it was like, whack. Yeah. And it's just like college hitters can do that. And it's just, he never lets the situation become bigger than his plan. And his plan is so good. The person is so good. The talent is so good. Like it just shows up. There's good players all over the country where you can see, Hey, I can see how that guy could be good. Well, this guy's he's good all the time. I mean, he's literally good all the time, yeah. and um, that's what that's what makes him different. Yeah. Coach, on well, that same A-B that you mentioned, he was so frustrated. He ran all the way to second on a foul ball between the catcher and first base. And so for him to be able to reset like that, but did y'all have some sort of conversation in the preseason or offseason where it's like, look, you're going to get pitched around a little bit no matter how much I try to protect you? Because as soon as he goes down 1-0, 2-0, it's almost like an automatic walk at this point because there was times last year he would press and try to chase because he wanted to get a hit so badly. It seems like he's readjusted and become acclimated almost getting, getting walked. Yeah, I think that's just a sign of awareness and improvement. He's got both of them. You know, mentioning the play you just talked about, though, like a, a thing that I bring up a lot, but I don't think is talked about a lot, is the leadership qualities that he has. Like, everybody asks me, like, how do you deal with getting all these guys playing time and superstars not playing and agents and advisors and this and that? And it's like, you know, we've been, these guys have been great and they're great because their best player, Dylan Cruz, demands that they play hard, demands that they are a team first player. And he sets the bar for that. And on the pitching side, Paul Skeens does the same thing. Yeah. So 
you know, our best player and best pitcher are not putting up with any JV BS with any of the, of the players. And so that's the part that is really, really special. Like, I mean, on top of, you know, I think it's on base percentage is like 700 or something yeah, like right. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I tell people this all the time and it's like, you know, when, when I was approached about this job, like it's obviously LSU and, and the, the great legacy that, that you guys and the previous coaches and players had built. But I knew this, th- there's a cat on that team that I was going to have for two years that they don't show up on, they don't show up on college campuses hardly ever. Yeah. He's, he's deserving of all the praise that, that he gets. And, um, it's, it's awesome to see and, and be a part of, and it really lifts us. He did the same thing yesterday to get us going. Um, coach switching gears a little bit. I got, I got one last question for you. You kind of threw us for a loop a little bit. Um, in a weekend where the bullpen didn't really get taxed, like you said, we get a 4 nothing game, and the first guy out of that pen that came out of there was Gavin Gidger in that situation. Can you tell us about the decision and what kind of went into that decision? Yeah, we have, we line up the game all the time. It's like one of my favorite parts of coaching is, you know, lining up the, the pitching for how we're going to win and, and having Wes calling pitches and – you know, helping me with matchups and all that, like it's, it's a blast and having the talent that we have, um, it, it played it simple. Two things went into that. We felt like he matched up really good with the top of the lineup, uh, the th- three best hitters. And I do believe he has a chance to be in those spots going forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in, in, yep. in SEC play. So we like that. And I was very pleased actually with the performance because he got down 3-0 to the first hitter, and then he got back to 3-2, and it was very debatable whether it was strike three or <laughs> first hitter. Like, he dotted that pitch. Um, but then he recomposed himself and then got to 0-2, and then, you know, got ahead in the count. And then the next guy lined out to right. But, you know, when you get ahead in the count and respond like that, the pitcher usually gets rewarded, which – he did, yep. and then we just took him out because that was the right time in the game to go to Riley, and right. who obviously we want to get back moving yeah. in that direction. So pitching him twice this weekend and in the right spots was by design. And then, I mean, we were ready to go to Chase Shores to finish the game um, because we wanted him to do that. And it's like a six-out type save, and it was only four to one, and I was all pumped up about this. I'm like, man, this is working out perfectly. And then we scored nine and didn't get to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, we said this was your we last. We were playing out the window. We said that was your last question, which it was, it was until you brought up the Chase Short things. Is that going to be his role moving forward? Is he going to still get some starts, or is he going to be kind of back into the bullpen? Him and kind of Christian Little going back there and having that electric, uh, you know, fastball and letting him get some couple innings in the backside of the games. Yeah, we have a real specific plan for yeah. like what we're going to do with him because I, I do think, you know, whether it's the end of the, the back end of this year, obviously the beginning of next year in 2025, like he's a, it's a Friday, Saturday, you know, All-American type pitcher and, and, and high draft pick. So we want to use him in the right spots. So you could see some mix and matching between, you know, Tuesday and then bullpenning. Obviously we're paying really close attention to how he recovers so that that becomes important to how we use him as well um i just thought because he had started three games like i know he can start and i would be comfortable putting him out and on the weekend in the sec and starting and feeling good about our chances to win uh but you know we were kind of wanting to 
test the bringing him out of the bullpen. So, I mean, he was ready to go. Like, you know, we got out of that inning. Riley did a really nice job. And so we had a plenty of ramp up time for him to get ready to go. And I was all excited. Even when it was like six to one or no, excuse me, eight to one. I was like, this is still a really good test run. And then it's like, wait a minute. If Paxton hits a homer here, the game's over. <laughs> or if he gets hit, he gets the, if he gets the hit, the game's over. And then, you know, something that was cool about that, like, I was probably more frustrated than anybody that the game was over. Chase was like jogging down like full speed to get part of the celebration. He was, he was good. And that just, that's kind of stuff's going on on our team all the time. Yeah. And that's special. That's, that's that's kind of the, you can have all the time. If you don't have that part of the the part of the team, then you're not going to go very far. But when you have both, uh, it could be a very special team. And that's what I think that y'all have. Obviously SEC play starts. Competition is going to ramp up. I'm looking forward to watching y'all play this weekend. I'm looking forward to y'all navigating through the uh, the upcoming games. But I appreciate your time. As always, thank you for coming on our show and being so generous with your time. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching y'all play tomorrow and through the course of the weekend. So thank you. Cool. All right, guys. Have, have a good night. Have See you, good Coach. Night. Later, Coach. So... This Jay Johnson Monday is brought to you by our friends down at Heineken. I want to give a shout out to our go. friends at Heineken. If you haven't, if you didn't pay attention over the weekend, mm. Mm. right? They had a couple booze crews going on, right? Mm. And some were better uh, than others. Some were better than others. So I was not here. <laughs> sabotage. I'm not making you do it right now. I'm not going to put you on the spot to do it right now because it's Monday, and I, I we want you to we want you to bounce. Yeah, back. I don't think it's right. But Heineken, <laughs> I was in a fraternity. Heineken is uh, they're 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 our friends. They're our sponsors. They're our partners, and we have started this whole booze cruise thing. The initiative. The initiative. And I want everybody to hashtag Booze Cruise. Whenever Dylan Cruise hits a homer, I want you to hashtag Booze Cruise. And I want you to take a video of yourself chugging or taking a shot or chugging a beer or whatever. Join me. And hashtag Booze Cruise because that is Lloyd's, that is Lloyd's uh, baby. Sticked. Yes. Right there. Right? That's what he likes to do. Right? And Feel so, free to like show him that he's such a rookie. Yeah. And so too. we got, look, we, have, crushing we, we have a friend of the show, a listener, a, a watcher. And he sent us that nice little funnel that is behind Lloyd's shoulder. And Lloyd has done pretty good with it up until on this last Friday, which I was not here for. I got to see the video like everybody else. And we've had a couple submissions throughout the course of the week, and we wanted to see this grow, especially now that SEC starts, uh, play is starting up. And uh, I think it's a fun way to enjoy it. Now, if you're going to do it and you really want to be the pe- be uh, part of the show, go ahead and get you a Heineken Silver. Like we talked about before, Heineken Silver is very light. Fastest it's time not- gets a free case. Fastest time gets a free case on us. I'll pay, I'll pay for the case a beer. Um, it's uh, it's their it's their equivalent to Michelob. It's very light. It's 95 calories. It's four percent alcohol. It tastes very very good. I'm not I'm not just saying that because they're our friends and our partners. I am saying that because I do enjoy it. I I don't really drink Heineken, but I do drink Heineken Silver. It is in the rotation of the ice chest when I do t- when we go tailgate, and uh, when we do have a mic'd up tailgate during the SEC play. We will have Heineken Silver in the ice chest. So go ahead, give it a shot. But on top of that, go ahead and hashtag Booze Cruise every time Dylan Cruise sends a, hits a homer. Send a video, tag us, and hashtag Booze Cruise. And we're going to pick our best submissions. And we're going to, you know, every week, we're going to pick one and we're going to give a case of Heineken Silver to y'all. I think that's a good one. I think that's the best way to do it. Yes. I think and so too. just to set the record straight, obviously, beer might be my enemy. It's not the drinking part. And I may have had a saboteur. And the poor. Please just, explain how. I got um, a lot of people texted me, 
and Please DM'd me and how. said, I have to let the foam settle. I thought he had poured the whole beer. So wait, tell me, so tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. He half poured it. Blaming him on that, even though it was your fault. First off, first off, let's just talk about it. He stopped pouring, so I thought he was done. He said he thought I poured the whole beer. If you just go back and watch the tape, if Lloyd was looking at my hand position, the beer was still like this. So it's very obvious I can't pour the whole can out unless I tilt it like this, right? So you're full of shit right now. You're no, lying. No, no. Right I was looking at the tube and I was like, all right, it's getting pretty full. It's probably time to go. And I figured you're about to top so, okay, that so thing that, off. So then you're telling me then that's it's just your eyes are in the wrong place. That's, that's all. That it's sounds like me. You misjudged the That's pour. okay. You misjudged. You won't misjudge next time. Though. I, well, I, 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 get, say, I get it. See, okay. whenever we did this in college, there was no misjudging of the pour. It was straight in, boom, go. Because you kink it at the bottom. It all fits a 12-ounce beer, and then whenever you're done pouring, you let it settle, then you go. Yeah, but you didn't do that. So what, no, so, when, well, getting, so when you're done pouring, what happens? This. Yeah. So you, did, when you did you see away. Did you see me? The, no, but... Oh, okay. I'm just checking. Well, when you have a whole room full of people going, go, 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 it's like, all right, I'll go. Uh, that's, well, that's ah, called... Peer that's, pressure. Yeah, well, that's called uh, not... Understanding the moment yeah. and not being the moment got a little too big for yeah, you. Lights got a little too bright for you. You if didn't. There's you, you didn't come and you didn't stay within your plan. You know, that's, yeah. we just talked about this. This is why Dylan's elite. And you know what? We just gonna go on to the next subject. <laughs> uh, but no, Jay's I'm ready awesome. now. That was a great. Interview. That was a great interview. Buddy. Friday. Hashtag Boost Cruise. Every time Dylan cruises the Homer, hashtag Boost Cruise. Tag mic'd up. We're gonna pick the best submissions. It's a fun way to get everybody involved, and we're going to pay, pick the best submission and pick and pay oh. for. God, Case. now they want me to do it anytime anybody nope. hits a home run. No, 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 no. Ooh, that's I mean, tough. Yeah, no. uh, I'm gonna boost like, cruisers. Yeah, boost cruisers. I mean, I end up like Brendan Fraser in the whale. You'll end up at. Why would you make a reference where not many people understand it? You'll end up at F45 two times a day. You keep that up. Oh. Yeah, they better open happen. the door. Um, <laughs> but Jay, as always, great interview. Um, you know, he's super pumped about the team. Obviously, he understands the challenge that uh, that lays that lies ahead. And I think the best thing that, you know, he talked about was how everybody's bought into each other on the team, right? And I think that's important, right? You can have the most talented team in the world. I don't think that if, but if you aren't bought into each other and you're just bought into like just doing what I need to do to, to get drafted and move on, I don't think that um, you have as much success, right? And so to hear him say that makes me a lot more, con even more confident than I already was. Well, I feel like that has to do, I feel like being bought in, has gotten them to the level of success that they've had already. Like, let's be honest. I don't, it doesn't really matter what you think about whatever the competition that they've seen so far. They've passed it all pretty much with flying numbers. Like, right. and it's been very, very, very good. I don't think you can put together the type of performances that they have without being bought in and being able to have guys play as a team. Yeah, no, I agree. What I mean, what are they on? A 10 game winning streak right now? They lost to Iowa. I think it was uh, seven straight before the weekend. So I think it's 10 right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because if we Iowa. talked about it last week, I think we said they had a chance to go going into College Station at 11 straight, which would okay. be one game this yeah. week, and then yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, pitching staff is right. outrageous. The um, the the lineup is outrageous, uh, and now look, now they're gonna face act like real talent. You know, can't really hide away hide from the fact that the the lineup or, or the the schedule they've played leading up to now hasn't been the the best. Yeah. Now they went to. Uh, Austin and they played Texas in the midweek game and that was a, that was a tough game. Obviously, their rec Texas record's not great, but they were they were a good team. And you go and you played in that Round Rock class, Classic and you had some solid teams, but they weren't SEC caliber teams. And you're going to get that first weekend on the road 
And I think this is exactly what I wanted to see. Well, from I'll ask you this, both of y'all. If if anything, what is it about this team that does concern you? If you could think, if you could if you could pinpoint one thing right now, what is it about this team that concerns you? Uh, the only thing that I can pinpoint has nothing to do with stuff on the field. It's they just haven't played. They haven't been in too many tight tight games. One. And they haven't played back into a lot of games when that they're tight. That's the only thing. So and look, it's so funny do. you say that. My thought process on the same thing was like, all right, we just saw a team that's super loaded, right? Well, they just had a weekend where a guy that started three times for him this year, who was going to pitch out of the pen for not for because I failed because he has a real chance to be special there this year, right? Like right now, right? He was going to pitch out of the pen this weekend, didn't get a chance to pitch. Now. It's not his fault. It's not the coach's fault. It's literally the circumstance of what the game is, how the game has been in the sense of they didn't – there were six innings that they didn't play this week, at least six innings. Right. Right? 7-7-7, seven, 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 right? So if you have those innings, he gets a chance to pitch, right? If we have those innings, Riley gets probably gets a chance to pitch twice this weekend. Cooper. Yeah, so, and, then, and then Christian gets the pitch. So, so my, yeah, exactly. Christian gets a chance to come back after a midweek start. My point is, is – if, if, like you said, not being able to have the back end of games and getting a chance to see how some of those guys are going to, one, respond, two, be able to bounce back is important. And yeah. you're not – and they're probably not going to get a chance to really get a feel for that until they're already somewhat deeply into SEC And play. I wouldn't even call that a concern. That's just – we haven't No, seen you just that. have yeah, – no, not even – but I, if you think about it from the coach side of it, it's like, well, I need to know – much like he needed to know how, how, how are they going to bounce back? How yeah. are they going to perform? How are they going to feel? Because all those things matter when it comes to making decisions. And the one game that the one game that you can go back and hang your hat on was in a, was a true road game yeah. in a midweek, and it was a tight game late in the game, and that was Texas, right? And so, like, they performed – they passed that test with flying colors. Yeah. And so, you know, you, they had that ability. The talent's never going to go away. Um, but if you had, if I had to pinpoint one thing, that would probably yeah. be that. We haven't seen a lot of it on the backside. What about you? My only concern would be if LSU goes into the weekend series for the first time, obviously, SEC play, and it doesn't perform the way that you think it will. Is the like We talked about this a little bit on Friday. It's how the reaction is going to be, whether it be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just to see because obviously this is what they're going to point back to. There's easy like lines you can draw from A to B to like, oh, they played a week you know, uh, off-season schedule or whatever you want to call it, like a non-conference schedule. They didn't play anybody, whatever. Jay Johnson just laid out the numbers of the teams that he's played where they have a, and it's like a 750 win percentage. So right. it's not his fault. Right. But whenever you get to SEC play, and if LSU does falter, it's because of the bullpen. That's the only thing that concerns me is that they're like, oh, they didn't ever get any work. Jay Johnson was not an advocate for this rule. There's right, nothing no. he could do about it. Right. Both yeah. coaches have to agree on it. If one coach knows they're going to get their doors blown off, mm-hmm. he's like, give me the fuck out of here so I can go home. Right. right. So that's the only concern. Like, you'll get your first real test of probably three games of non-inning baseball. Yeah. No, and that, I think, and like I said, something that we just, a lot of unknown. We just haven't seen a lot of it. So. All LSU did was take care of business. Right. Like, they this, did what they you want for, they, this is exactly what you expect from Absolutely. the number one team in the country across the board. There's literally nothing to complain about. And, and, and if that were to happen, it was like you said, you would hope that would happen earlier on in FCC play. So it gives them the time to bounce back and kind of really hit stride going again to, through, that, through that back half of the season. Because yeah. yeah. let's be honest, I don't care how good you are, the monster's coming at some point, mm-hmm. right? No. And it's how quickly can you get to the other side of it. No doubt. Um, all right, we're going to take a two-minute break. Jared Jones is, gonna get, is in the studio, so we're going to go out and get him, get him situated. 
Uh, we appreciate you watching. You're watching Mic'd Up. We'll be back in uh, two minutes. Oh, you have the sticker on your head. Well, that's going to be brought to you by EFCO. There you go. Every Who's EFCO? EFCO. Development. development. There we F-co go. EFCO Development. Yeah. <laughs> it's a civil construction company based out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, they they are they specialize in math. Wolf. Wave bye bye to me long ago, so huh? I never had a chance to work there. Like math, what you know, engineering and all of that such. The, you know, the smarter people. That well, this is so civil engineering. Let me explain to you how this works. The civil engineering is more about the earthwork and the ground, and you prep the land before you build vertically. And I don't know how much uh, mathematics that they are actually doing. Maybe Jay can tell in us. that in that spot. So I don't think the math excuse to you is a, is a thing, but. FCO Development, our friends, that's why you have the sticker on your forehead. I, I'm sure your friend, title of the day. Those are your Heineken headlines. Heineken has been an unbelievable sponsor for us, right? Um, I understand some people may not like Heineken, and that's okay. Tell me that. Good shot. Heineken just came out with the Heineken Silver. And if you have not liked Heineken in the past, that's okay. Heineken Silver doesn't taste anything like the other Heineken beers. Heineken is their light beer. It is 95 calories. It is 4% alcohol. It tastes very good. It's very crisp. Sit back, relax, open up a Heineken Silver. Enjoy baseball season coming up. Enjoy the LSU Tigers. Enjoy some women's basketball. If you're watching it at home, pop open a Heineken Silver. Because I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'm, I'm look, Heineken's a sponsor of us. And I am very uh, happy and honored that they are a sponsor. I... Did not really enjoy Heineken in my previous times drinking Heineken. I have learned to like it a little bit. Some people like it. Tell you what, I drank this, Heineken Silver, and I enjoyed it. I've drank, I've, I've got a couple cases delivered to my house today, actually, and uh, I'm enjoying it. So go ahead, go try a Heineken Silver. It's their new product. It's their new beer. It's their new line. It is very light, 95 calories, 4% alcohol. It tastes really good. Try it. Thanks, Jack. That was nice. We didn't even practice that first time. All right. Welcome back to Mic'd Up. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you missed the Jay Johnson interview. That's okay. That's no big deal. You can go back and rewind it if you're watching it now, or you could just watch it when we post it on YouTube, if, as long as Lloyd posts it and doesn't mess up or do whatever. But I think it's he's not fine. my job, Coach. That's on the social. Posting it on YouTube? That's the social mm-hmm. part. You don't post it on YouTube, okay? You're just the production part. I get that. Okay. Production and content. I respect that. But our next guest, we're just going to be the Mondays. Production and booze guy. Yeah, yeah. production and booze guy. <laughs> the booze guy. Lane. That's it. Oh. <laughs> Mondays from here on out are probably just going to be baseball conversations, right? Because, look, women's basketball is really the last LSU sport that is playing outside of LSU baseball. Um, So, staying on the baseball topic, right? Jay Johnson just had an interview. Now, we have the SEC Freshman of the Week. I almost said year, but Freshman of the Week. uh, Jared Jones. Jared Bear Jones. We did. We called it earlier in the earlier in the year. Jared, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I'll probably we had to we had to if you don't see the Heineken, we had to lift the the mic up on the Heineken because he's too big. <laughs> the so, biggest guy we've had. in He's studio. the biggest guy we've had in studio, and that's saying a lot because he has some big some big guys. <laughs> um, speaking of, you're you're a catcher. I am. 
You are a catcher. Yeah. I mean, that's. Are you still claim it? Uh, a little bit. I mean, so, I'm, I'm going to hang on to it as long well, as well. And that's my next question is like, what has the conversation? Because obviously, Brady Neal's catching. He's doing a really good job mm-hmm. on the plate. He's a freshman. Um, y'all are both freshmen. Right. What is, has that conversation? Have you had that conversation as like, hey, how do I get any innings behind the plate? Or are you just saying, you know what? I'm just going to try to like hone my skills on the in, backside baby. and then just wherever I can keep hitting homers, I'm just going to play. I mean, we had that conversation at the beginning of the spring. Um, he said, you know, this year it's going to be Alex and Brady doing the work behind the plate. And I've completely understood that. They've done a great job to this point. Um, when I go to summer ball, he's going to get me on a team that I'm going to catch a lot in the summer. Oh, nice. And then, you know, come back next year. And hopefully the plan is for it to be me and Brady next year. Probably. Yes, that'd be so. good. Is there anything that, okay, so not catching predominantly right now. Obviously, catching takes a lot out of your legs, right? right? Has there been anything that you've been able to learn about your swing or about yourself by not having to do the other side of it as much right now? Um, A little bit. Like, I started off the year DHing and kind of when we started that, like, in the preseason, inner squads, it was kind of a struggle because I'd just be sitting in the dugout for three innings. DHing right? sucks sometimes. DHing. Go hit. And if I'm you're like, not used to it, it's tough. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I'd have to start, you know, looking up at the scoreboard, seeing, okay, I'm up fourth this inning or I'm up fifth, you know. Now I need to start getting loose again right. and getting my swing right and getting mentally locked into my next A-B. So, would you – so, I mean, I, and I experienced some of this when I DHed I – I didn't DH a ton, but, like, when I was DHing in pro ball, you had – if you're at home, uh, you usually had a cage that you could go to, right? Obviously, the cages at LSU are too far down. They're not covered in front of everybody. Or at least they're not connected. They're not so, connected right yeah. now, right? So it's kind of hard to get down there. But if you had it, would that be something that you would look into doing? Like maybe go and take a few swings um, before? I would. I mean, right now I go down like the tunnel between the dugout and the yeah. locker room. Yeah. Um, our strength coach, Derek Groomer, has med ball set up, band work set up. So I just go down there. Do a couple stretches, throw a few med balls, do a little band work, and then I get on deck and just kind of swing the bat. What has your adjustment been like, right? Because Jay talks about a lot. We've talked about a lot. The biggest adjustment you're going to get in baseball is coming from high school to college, right? Now that you're playing in the SEC, you're about to have SEC schedule started up right now. But, you know, when you get through the SEC, the, the competition in pro ball is kind of very similar, right? But from high school to college, that's a big jump. Day you know, day. in competition, right? Yeah. So, like, what? how has that adjustment been for you, making that jump? Because you've obviously hit the ground running. You started off super hot. You went for that little – it was a tiny stretch of, like, uh, just kind of unsure, maybe a little tweak. We talked about off air. And then you got hot again. So, how has that adjustment been? Um, it's been difficult, but I think the fall, playing against Paul Skeen yeah. every Friday night and <laughs> then Thatcher Hurds on Sunday, it, it gets you adjusted pretty quick. Um even the coaching staff has done a good job with it on as far as the mental side of things. Um, so the fall really helped out a lot. Like when you talk about a team that has two Friday guys throwing on Friday in a fall inner squad with, you know, it was every Friday it was Paul versus Grant Taylor. If you took those guys and put them anywhere else in the country, they're still a Friday night guys yeah, for right. anybody else. Yeah. And we had them both on our team. So obviously, you know, Grant Taylor out for the year, which, I mean, sucks. He's yeah. one yeah. of our best guys, but he'll be back next year. Um, and then, you know, so Saturday we'd show up and say, okay, well, maybe it's maybe it's a break today. And then you would have to face Ty Floyd or Thatcher Hurt. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> right. you get adjusted pretty quick. And then just jumping into the season, uh, Coach Johnson, you know, pulled me into his office, as he did with everybody, and talked, you know, this is your role for the year. Not really role, but, like, this is where you're going to start the year. Um, and he just instilled confidence in me that he was going to give me some opportunities early on. And so – I just went out there and kind of did my You had thing. a great fall and great spring, right? I mean, he said that 
out of all the freshmen, out of all the guys on the team, that you came out and I think you had the best numbers of anybody, right? And that's kind of that's got to give you a lot of confidence, especially to facing the guys that you mentioned going up against. Like you're not just doing that against walk-ons or back into the bullpen guys that aren't really pitching. You're doing that against guys who are throwing 100 miles an hour right. and who are going to be first-round draft picks. Like that's got to give you some confidence leading into the season, right? For sure, and I think he does a great job of like he pushed me enough to where I was able to get comfortable playing, but then you know when I went through that weekend last weekend of kind of struggling he was able to pull me aside and kind of slow me down a little bit get my feet up under me and get me ready to go for this week and you said we talked about it off air you talked about the little small he talked about about 20 minutes ago he mentioned you know he made a small adjustment technique wise whenever in his swing you know it was more about mentally getting prepared and getting the mental game right what was what were some of those adjustments that you did because he didn't go into depth and i know that you, you kind of did a little bit off air right so like i said i just um Going back and watching those swings from two weekends ago, shoulders were moving a lot. I was kind of flying open a good bit and uh, wasn't able to see the ball as well. I mean, I was chasing curveballs in the dirt, swinging at fastballs up out of the zone, and that's kind of how guys are going to get you out at this league. Um, so went into the cages and just kind of worked on keeping my shoulders square to home plate for as long as possible, simplify everything down. You know, I'm a big guy and, you know, I'm pretty strong, so I just wanted to let that statement. play, you know what I'm it's saying? It's a fair statement. And Mark McGuire. Hmm? That's what everybody calls you, right? Mark <laughs> McGuire. You kind of have that wide stance yeah. and like the the bat waggle and you're hitting balls over scoreboards. Like, I mean, it's Big Mac land, so I guess it's got to be bear. It's got to be the bear cave now. Oh, I just can't hold that. I like that. The bear cave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember watching the, the what was it, the E60 live uh-huh. on yeah, summer, yeah, yeah. him and Sosa. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, uh, you, you you weren't, I don't even think you were born say, yet. That made me feel so uh, old. I watched uh, it you live. definitely weren't born yeah. yet. I was nine yeah. when that happened. But go ahead. Dude, where you talk about those, you literally named the guys that you named on the mound. How has it been for y'all offensively to be able to, one, know you're in pretty much every game because of the talent that you have on the mound and their ability to keep you in games? I mean, it, it takes the pressure off of us. I think I don't think there's any pressure really going into a game regardless because I think the pitchers trust us and we trust the pitchers, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been a big topic of discussion as a team is like if we trust everybody to go out there and do their job, we're going to win probably every game that we go out there. You know, Like we just have that much talent. So if we trust each other to go out there and do our job, then who's going to stop us? It's kind right. of been our mentality. Right. And, you know, we've had some bumps in the road. We've started games slow. You know, we've already lost a game this year. Nobody expected us to be perfect, but we bounced back right after that loss, came back with a statement, went against Sam Houston, who's a really good team. And then from then on, it's just been, you know, run rule and home runs and shutouts. And And I think what's what's special is you look at, like, you go look. (laughs) They're too young to get in freshman. Oh, you're right. (laughs) You look at, like, Alabama's got a freshman who's got 10 homers. You look at Jack, uh, I think, Caglione at Florida's got, I think, 11 or 12. You see these numbers, right? But then you look at LSU, you look at y'all, y'all are beating the shit out of everybody. Y'all are hitting a ton of homers. But it seems like it's very spread out, right? You're leading the team with six. But you have – the lineup probably has more power than any other team in the country, and it's just so spread out. I think that's a credit to – the guys on the lineup, right? Like it's what Jay said earlier. What I what I am harping on a lot is everybody's bought into each other, right? Everybody knows how good y'all are, but or you each other are, but everybody's bought into each other. And I think that's the separator between you, you guys, and a lot of other teams. I think it has to do with like we have a good combination of old talent and young talent, and 
Cade Beloso, Gavin Dugas have been here for five years. They've been through ups and downs their whole career. And when I first got to campus, you know, I'm a young freshman. I want to make a name for myself. But they kind of, you know, take it slow, enjoy the process. Like, we're, we've been here before. You know, we know how to, this thing operates. And those two guys have been amazing. And, you know, I was looking up the scoreboard in right field. has, like, our lineup and everything. And I'm looking up at it, and I'm like, He's batting 400, he's batting 350, he's batting 400. Then some guy goes and pinch hits, and you look up, and it's 750. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so true. He's not that's so true. No doubt. It's just, I mean, some guys are being very selfless right now, you know, and giving yeah. other guys opportunities. And when they get their number called, you know, they're going to go out there and give it their best as well. Now, yeah. I was going to say now, well, the gauntlet starts now, right? Like, this is obviously. This week you have a midweek game, and then you take the show on the road. The fighting Blake the Deans, SEC, dude. There you got the fighting Blake Deans coming in town. He doesn't then, know who Blake Dean is. That's he'll know. That was our teammate at LSU. He'll now he's the head coach. He'll, he'll know. He probably, he, or probably, I know yeah, I exactly. Okay. So they come in town this week, but then you also go to Texas A&M this week, and it really starts the gauntlet of the schedule right here. How excited are you for? really being able to go into like really hostile environments because it's one thing to do it one night at texas and then you're out of there right but it's another thing to do it three days in a row where you keep showing up and you keep hearing the same nonsense you keep seeing the same people and you got to do it on the road against really good teams how excited are you for that i'm very excited i mean as a freshman there's i've never done anything like this before so i really don't have any expectations going into it other than it's probably not going to be the most fun weekend of baseball i've ever had i'm sure i'm going to hear some things i've never heard before that could make it more fun though could make it more fun it could, make it more fun. It could. It could. Um, embrace the hate yeah um but like i said i mean i don't know what to expect going into it um you know i think talent wise we match up very well if not better than them and we're going to go out there and give it three games of our best baseball yeah how awesome has it been so you know i came in with my our my freshman class wasn't as touted as y'all's his freshman class was pretty good coming in y'all are the number one freshman class in the country right you come in there and, and now immediately they're having freshman impacts you're you're having a huge impact paxton clings having a huge impact chase shores has had a big impact early on um brady neal's had a huge impact gavin duke gavin gavin gidry seems like he's about to start having a lot more impact on the mound how awesome is that to come in together as a class, right? Especially for guys from all over the country, and you come in, you have like this one common goal. How, how cool is it to be able to succeed together? It's, it's very cool. I think, I mean, I room with three of those guys <laughs> with uh, Paxson, Brady, and Gavin. There it goes. So, it's a pretty good room. Uh, <laughs> there it goes. Of our room, like, uh, I think three of us came in in the summer, and, you know, we just kind of like, we would sit up in the kitchen and just talk about, like, oh, right. what if this happened? What if that happened? You know, kind of just. I guess dreaming about it, right? Yeah. And you know, now to see it happen, it's just really cool. And Paxton Kling came in in the fall, and he started raking right away. And I've known him since. I mean, we roomed together at the PGL American game, oh. and so I've known him since I was probably fourteen, fifteen years old. Um, played with Gavin Gidry at the PG National, so it's it's relationships that started to be built two, three years ago. Yeah. That now we're right. bringing into college and. When you understand that, like, I mean, we had a group chat named, like, LSU National Champs, like, three years ago. Created. I love that. That's awesome. See, so, I, was, I was wondering, because I, I perused your Twitter and all your likes Perused. whenever we were, yeah. We were, okay, he talked like a normal I person. think he just literally looks for a word he can say every day. That you have a very, you have a very he uses expansive, expansive vocabulary. vocabulary. No, he doesn't, because he's never used it before. That's like, no, it's expansive. It's like, it's the word of the day is. or something over there. <laughs> but I was looking at your Twitter. There you go. There you go. But... 
I mean, it goes all the way back to almost like 2019 to where you were liking LSU posts. It was. It seemed like a whether you know people knew it or not that it, you kind of were locked into LSU, regardless if it was Jay Johnson or not. I was. I mean, I, I obviously got recruited by Palmineri and Nolan Kane. Um, they they were great, and you know, Paxton put himself in the doghouse real quick. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you too. Like, right, Paxton decommitted. He wanted to get re-recruited. Is that that ever crossed your mind, or did you say, you know what, LSU is where I want to be, regardless of the coach? I trust that they're going to hire the right guy. You know, I I didn't know anything about Coach Johnson when he got the job. You know, I was born in Georgia. I've always watched East Coast baseball, whether it be the Braves, the Yankees, LSU, Georgia, whoever it may be. It was always on the East Coast, you know. And he was a West Coast guy, so I didn't know anything about him, but. Um, you know, called my agent, called some coaches that had been around, and they said, you know, first-class guy, great coach. He's had, you know, Chris Bryant. Now he's had Jacob Berry, countless number of big leaguers. So they they knew that he was a great coach, and that kind of put confidence in me to stay with LSU. Um, I mean, you are high. You are the number one ranked catcher in the country, right? I mean, our number one ranked catcher in Georgia. I think number fourth and four in the country. Um, the draft coming out of high school probably was a big thing, right? That was something that you're probably getting talked to a, a lot about, and that was a real opportunity for you. What was the deciding factor? What made you want to say, you know what, I need to go to college, as opposed to saying, I'm, I'm going to take that money and run with it? Right. I, I mean, I really want to win. I'm very competitive. I've got uh, four older siblings that all played collegiate athletics somewhere. So Your dad did, too. He did. He played football at Georgia Southern way back in the day, so... Yeah. Damn, they'll do him that. He ain't that old. <laughs> I'm mad at him. Do that. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> my bad. I get a phone call. <laughs> so, you know, I, I watched my brother. He was a 60-year senior last year because of COVID oh, wow. and injuries oh, wow. and everything. And I watched him grind it out in college. And I was like, and he said it was the most fun he's ever had playing baseball. And, you know, if he could go back for a seventh year, I'm sure he would have. So... You know, the draft, it is what it is. And, you know, would I have loved to have been drafted in the first round out of high school? Sure, who wouldn't? But who also wouldn't want to come here and win a national championship. I love that. Because here's the deal. You go here and you do that, you know where you're going to get drafted after your junior year? The first round. You'll be fine there. Yeah. I love that you bring that up, man, because, you know, I mentioned to you off air before, I met your dad, and your dad was absolutely beaming at the experience that you've had Mm -hmm. here so far. How has it, so from your perspective, how has it been for you here so far? One, obviously getting to play with guys you've known for forever, getting to play with some guys who are going to be, drafted very high who are very good right now and just the overall experience of being here how's it been for you so far it's kind of crazy i mean it's really surreal like i don't even realize what's going on until like two days later like <laughs> sunday after the game so you didn't realize you hit that ball over the scoreboard like seriously though, I, like, <laughs> uh, sunday after the game i go back my parents stay at a campground like a mile from the field and i go over to their trailer to say goodbye before they you mm-hmm. know head back and i'm like I had four home runs this weekend. Like <laughs> that was like that was That's really pretty cool. cool. You know, it. and uh, four in a row. As a matter of fact, and I was like, I've, and I was talking to my dad. I was like, even in literally, I don't know that that's ever happened before for me. <laughs> All right. So, so awesome. it's just like you know, I'm playing in front of eleven thousand people every weekend, every day that we have a game, and every day I go out there, it's some other kid wanting an autograph or wanting to talk to me or a fan wanting to give me like a piece of bubble gum or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> the Skittles, the Skittle guy still out there? I don't know if the Skittle guy still, I haven't <laughs> run into him. But, uh, <laughs> it's like the people here, it, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's no MOB team here. Yeah. Right. And that was another selling factor yeah. about LSU is like, 
when people want to watch baseball, they're going to come watch LSU. Absolutely. So, and it's that I think that's what separates the the fans here than from anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Because of that, you don't have a lot going on outside of LSU other than LSU, right? Especially in the baseball world. And uh, I mean, you said it, right? You wanted to win a national championship. You wanted to come here, and you've played in front of eleven thousand. You haven't even gotten to SEC. Wait. I was about to say, it only gets better. because Days are longer now. The weather's getting better. Mm. You're going to have two straight big home. I mean, the Tennessee weekend is going to be outrageous over here, right? Like, you haven't even seen what the Alex Box Stadium could be, right? You're about to see it, right? And so the the fact that you're experiencing that right now, I'm excited for you to be able to experience it, especially once y'all start hosting regionals and super regionals. I know Mm -hmm. I'm jumping the gun, but... I mean, that's where it gets like... I'm, I'm glad he's oh, saying shit. this because this is what we talked about a lot before the season even started. We wanted to see you guys get a chance to experience it like this because yes. that is that is what people come here for is the experience of it literally being a Tuesday against Southern and there's 11,000 people mm-hmm. there. And, and it's, that's, that's the experience that's one to none that you don't really get anywhere else. And for you guys to be experiencing that so early is really a testament to how well y'all have played so far, honestly, truthfully. Yeah. I mean... That's that's why I came here. When, Nolan Kane recruited me, and he said two things to me. We lead the uh, country in attendance every year, and a recruiting class had not missed Omaha since, like, 1990 or something. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm in. in. And, then, and then so then last year, they, you know, they didn't make it. That was the first year that a recruiting class had made it. Now it seems like Jay took that to heart. He's like, okay, we're not ever letting this happen. It seems like he has set y'all up, obviously, with the freshmen that – I mean, y'all's mindset is, hey, if I'm here for three years, I want to go win three national championships. I'd imagine that's y'all's mindset, and I think that y'all have the ability to do that. Now, baseball's tough, and it's hard to do it, but that's how you get LSU back to where they need it to be as far as, hey, every year they're in Omaha, because you'll see. If y'all go to Omaha this year, which I'm expecting y'all to, if y'all go to Omaha, you'll see how many LSU fans are actually actually live in it's, Omaha. It's LSU Midwest. It's stupid. It's it really is ridiculous. You're going to yeah. get a lot of guys from Louisiana, a lot of people LSU, but... People up in, in, in Omaha love y'all, and that you're gonna see that, and that's what makes it special. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, but man, I, I'm excited that you're here. I know Way to you. temper yourself right there. I appreciate that. <laughs> One game at a time, right? Well, look, he sometimes he doesn't know what's going on. He said, "I didn't realize it before." And I think that's about what you said was awesome because you, you're in the moment, right? Like, the more you start thinking about, "Oh, I'm gonna do something," like you know, I'm gonna hit five home runs in a weekend, or I'm gonna hit you know two home, four home runs in a row, like. Usually doesn't happen. Yeah. But if you stay within yourself in the moment, that's it's the, when it it's the best way to go about it. Like if you keep approaching it like that, you're gonna end up looking back at after weekends, after a month, after the season, being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that just happened." Right. Like we we I just did that. We just did this. Like you you gonna sit there and be like, "That's what I want to be a part of." You yeah. know. And that's pretty awesome to see that you've kind of already put that into play a little bit. Well, I mean, that's one. Of, I mean, we talked about like the physical adjustment I made, but mentally, like at Texas or even last, two weekends ago, like, I mean, I'd sit there and oh, shit, one strike out, two, three, four. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I've been there. You're sitting yeah. there counting them up and like, you're taking at bats, two at bats, and they're just stacking up on you. And at the end of the day, you're looking up and you're going, shit, that wasn't a good day. <laughs> Wait, but, uh, you're good, go, you're good. Go um, so Coach Johnson pulls me in his office. He's like, every time you go up there, you're 0 for 0. Yeah, and so it's I hard. It's hard. It's hard to do. But I did that this weekend, and like I said, I go home on Sunday. I'm like, I had a much better weekend this week. So yeah. you know, shit. So <laughs> quick, quick. So funny story. Quick story about that, right? So my sophomore year, I was like in this kind of in that this beginning stretch that you had. Like I was, I felt like I couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. It was like probably we had three or four weekends left in the SEC. Three weekends left, and I was hitting 375. And I'm like, 
I'm hitting 400. Like, I'm doing all this stuff. We played Vanderbilt at home, and I went 0 for 14 with seven punchies. And I'm sitting in the dugout doing the same thing. I'm like, okay, I didn't get a hit on Friday. It didn't. I didn't get a hit on Saturday. I didn't get hit on Sunday. And I also struck out seven times. I think it was like five times in a row. I'm like. That, that's, that's closer to what you got. See, it's funny to me. I'm sitting here and I, I'm watching two ends of the spectrum right here. I was a guy that it didn't really matter like how well I was playing, good, bad, ugly, whatever. I love seeing reactions of people like after it's not good. So Mikey's a guy that comes in. Very and emotional guy. Watch out for the bat no. rack. Something, well, something I don't, might I don't, go bad there. As I got older, I didn't hit the yeah, bat but rack Yeah, but I didn't play with you when yeah, you were older, so right. it doesn't matter. I can't, I can't talk right. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I played with you when you were young, so it doesn't matter. So I imagine you're the guy we'd look back down and he's just like sitting there like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, <laughs> that number keeps going down. <laughs> like he's literally just like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> yeah, no, for, I mean for real. Like I go up there and I'm like, I and I feel like I'd walk up there just as fast as I'm coming back. To the <laughs> and I'm like, like yeah, week, we've all had that feeling. Yeah, last week I was doing great. Now I can't. I can't get out there long enough to. They can't introduce my name. <laughs> My song's still playing. I'm walking back. Yeah, I just circled the catcher and came right back. They're playing my walkout song for me walking back to the dugout. I was kind of messed up. Like, what is this about? Oh, sure that man. Was That's unbelievable. Um, what, okay, so you talked about the mental side of it, right, that Jay's talked about. Like, what, what goes into that? Because he talks a lot about that, and I think that when we know about it, because the, the higher you go up and the, the, you know, the harder the game gets, the more it's about the mental side than more than the physical side, right? And so I think it's important to understand that early on. And he preaches it a lot. Mm-hmm. What does he what does he do and how does he help you get past, you know, that ment- some of those mental blocks and help you stay, you know, ahead of the game that way? Well, I mean, last week after uh the weekend against Butler in Central Connecticut, uh, our mental strength coach was actually in town and she sat me down after the Sunday game and was like, you know, what's going on? How are you feeling mentally? Not we didn't talk about, you know, mechanics or anything on the approach side of things, just like, how's your mental side? And I was like, I'm struggling right now. You know, it's it's not been a good stretch for me. She's like, well, how can we get you out of this? So as far as that, he, you know, she handles the mental strength side of things. And then Does she give just, you any, like, I mean, you don't have to go into yeah. depth of what y'all talked about, but, like, is there something, like, do you have, like, a routine? Like a men- yes, like a- for sure. Like, I'll get on deck, do the same thing every time I'm on deck, you know, look at my barrel. Deep breath. Deep breath, kind of just, like, visualize, get up to the uh, plate walk up the same way every time I dig in the box the same way every time and then kind of like I just like scan the outfield kind of like get my eyes settled into the field and the lighting of the the pitch that I'm about to receive and then from there it's just you know clear mind and go. has the has the pitch clock I think I over that scoreboard yeah yeah that scoreboard's not that far away from me <laughs> no has, he was in the field so when it went over he's like oh wow yeah I didn't, I didn't see that <laughs> I back never there. saw that thing but has the pitch clock affected that like because you have to kind of speed some stuff up I mean I guess that you're 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 born into the pitch clock mm-hmm. now so it's not you have to um, make that adjustment more in between pitches than like yeah, getting right. to the plate yeah. In between pitches, like if I foul a pitch off that I know that like, oh man, that was my pitch. It's more of like, can I get thirty seconds real quick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Can I get time? But you know, it, it is what it is. It's something that we knew was going to happen early on in the spring. Kind of talked about it late in the fall that like this could be a real possibility, and then it became a possibility. So we we practiced that a lot, and he is very big on like we're not going to be unprepared for something. So I love that. Everything we did was in the spring games. We had a pitch clock. Yeah. Have you been able to? So obviously, being around the pitchers a good amount. Have you been able to, or have you tapped into 
being able to pick Wes's mind a little bit. That's something that may have helped you a little bit on the on the hitting side of things. I think I haven't talked to Coach West specifically, but he gives reports mm-hmm. to Coach Johnson. And um, when I came back, like about y'all, about y'all myself, yeah, oh, that's wow. actually awesome. I love that. that. Is awesome. Yeah. And so you don't hear that much. I, no. I love that. Right before the spring started, like before our first game, Coach Johnson sat me down. And he was like, you know, these are your splits. This is how you looked. Hey, by the way, you faced lefties six times in the spring you got to a 3-1 count six times and you swung six times in a 3-1 count <laughs> and they Dead were red. all and they were all balls he, yeah. pur- <laughs> he purposely threw a ball because he knew you were swinging every time so i was like oh wow i didn't realize that so then we're playing that's awesome, that is awesome. we're playing i think it was southern or the uh, western michigan it was somebody and it was a 3-1 count and i just i said i'm, I'm gonna take right i'm all i'm all take yeah and it was ball four and yeah. I was like, hey, I for you, the first you, time you, I didn't you look at him. Yeah, and sometimes, and sometimes you got to slow yourself down. Yeah. I used to do that with 2-0. I used to get to 2-0, and all of a sudden they were spinning me stuff, and I would chase them. Like, I knew I didn't want to swing at it, but I would, I would, I'm just going to swing. I, like, you know what? I used to have to do it at 1-0. Yeah, I'm just going to auto-take. Yeah. I got more 3-0 counts than I had gotten to in the first half of the season yeah. just because sometimes you just got to force yourself to slow down, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's huge because you don't see that a lot, especially in college, of getting the pitching coach – to give reports on their own hitters and say, "Hey, this is what they're this is what they're doing to you." It's up to you to make that adjustment. You don't have the opportunity in pro ball because obviously you don't play a full falls worth against your own pitchers. But still, the simple fact that he's actually doing that is actually pretty cool. You don't hear that much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think him coming from was it the Twins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and then he was at Arkansas before that. He knows more about the game than I've ever would want to know i mean yeah <laughs> yeah no he's yeah, he's he special we've had him on the show it. and he's I mean, he's, he's awesome, awesome. Yeah. He, he's looking for, he's glad that he's here right like yes he left the big league pitching coach out that was in first place to come to lsu like that's that being a lot. being a, a coveted pitching coach at that right. spot too right. right uh how has it been playing with i mean you're playing with some guys who are probably going to be superstars in the big leagues right hopefully i mean you could be you're hopefully you're a superstar in the big leagues as well obviously you have a couple more years. You're not a draft eligible sophomore. I am a draft eligible sophomore. Okay. Yeah, it was in the chat. There it is. Draft eligible sophomore. So Don't even think years. about okay. that. Enjoy your time. Yeah, he's yeah, not. Your problem is he's not thinking about that. But <laughs> you're playing with like Dylan Cruz and these guys who've kind of been here for a few years. And Dylan's probably going to be one overall, I would yeah. imagine. Honestly, it's probably between him and Paul Skeens as, as of now, right? Like one overall, one and two. Like how has it been playing with those like, these guys who have been in the moment that you're trying to get to at some point and – like, you know, obviously Dylan's as good as you can get as a person and as a player. How's it been with playing these guys? It's been amazing. I think what a lot of people don't understand is, like, they're just like everybody else. Right. And I think that's what's really cool about it is, like, we'll be in the locker room and just cutting up with them. And then we go out onto the field and they flip a switch on and it's time to play baseball. And you flip the same switch on and you're playing next to him. And he expects you to go make a diving play. And I expect him to go make the same diving play. Right. Um so, but then we get off the field and it's right back to, hey, like, what are we going to have for dinner tonight or whatever right, it is? Right. So, they kind of do a great job of, uh, Paul Skeen's the same way. Like, he pitches Friday night, you know, we're not going to talk to him before he pitches. He goes out there, throws six shutout, 12 strikeouts, and then he's, uh, you know, laughing it up, cutting it up in the dugout right afterwards. So, yeah. they do a great job of separating the baseball side of things from, like, hey, we're still a team, we're still brothers. I got your back no matter what. Yeah. Um, you played first, mm-hmm. right, for a good stretch. Had you played first, I'd imagine you've played first at some point in your life since you're a giant, and yeah. so, you know, can't catch every game. At some point, you, so you've played, you're, you're familiar with first, you're comfortable first. That wasn't something new to you? I, it was. I mean, or it wasn't something new to me. I, I played, you know, summer ball games. We'd have three games a day, so I wasn't going to catch all three. Right. I'd catch, you know, the morning game and maybe the night game, but... <laughs> 
Um, it's a lot know. for those knees. Man. It's a lot. I <laughs> played first. Talking lot. to a fellow first baseman. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> They threw me at first a couple years last year, and it was new to me. And it, it, it looked, came it quick. Looked, it, it looked new to me. He I, got tips from the opposing first baseman. <laughs> I ran over the, the game. Couple, yeah, it was tough. It was, yeah. it was we won't talk about that. We I mean, don't talk about it. I told I Trey know. he's got to stop playing so good. Cause, <laughs> I mean, it, it makes me look bad because right. I'm like, they're going to expect me to make that same play you're making. You scooped a couple this weekend, yeah, though. Yeah. You did, and you made that play on the, on the wall, yeah. I think, last week. And, yeah, I mean, you're moving well, but you're not that's, you're not unfamiliar yeah. with the position. Right, no. Not yeah. at um, That's important, though. The more positions, especially as a catcher, mm-hmm. as a big guy, like being able to play first and be athletic and be nimble like you have been, like I think that's that bodes well for yeah. you know, way down the line. Yeah. Right. Have you played third before? In the fall, Coach Johnson messed around with it a little bit. Have yeah. you ever played it before? Hey, not really, no. Like, maybe in Little League um, or, like, you know, just messing around, yeah. playing with friends and stuff. But uh, we had some injuries in the fall or just guys were getting some time off. And he was like, hey, you're going to play third in the center squad today. And I was like, okay. <laughs> did you have a glove? I did, yeah. You had an infield glove? Yeah. Um, well, I keep not... swinging it like that. They're going to no, have no, to keep listen, finding somewhere. You keep it involved with the scoreboard, like – you're gonna you're gonna be in lineup no matter where you're at. Uh, I'd imagine you played other sports too. I did. I played football. No, no way. No, not you. <laughs> you know, no chance you played. What position? Tight end. I was a right tackle. Oh, right tackle. Yeah, my dad did not want me touching the ball. Those knees are valuable, coach. Oh, uh, he didn't want someone coming and cutting uh, you down. He said I have too much Jones in me. We don't touch the ball. We'll <laughs> well, we gotta get your dad on here one day. He's this guy's a character. That. I love him. I love. So he was an offensive lineman. He was. He played right tackle at Georgia Southern uh, from nineteen. 1985 to 89. Um, they won three national championships. So oh, wow. They, wow. they run the option? I would have loved to have you. They ran a triple option. Wow. I would have loved to have yeah, you as my right the tackle. Rock. <laughs> yeah. You're pulling, son. That's yeah. great. Well, but you, I mean, like, first baseman, like, catcher, like, you've got great hands. So I'd imagine that you probably had really good hands. You probably could catch probably had good I mean, hands at right tackle, I too. always wanted to play, like, you know, His running kicks back or punches. quarterback or tight end or something like that. I was just, you know, he wanted me to be on the line. And he was Do my it. coach up until high school. Oh, no. There you go. What other positions? What other sports? What sports did your siblings play? Uh, so I have three sisters. They all played volleyball. Um, one played at Georgia Southern, and then two other played at Armstrong Atlantic State, which now is part of Georgia Southern. Okay. Oh, okay. And then uh, my brother played baseball at Young Harris College. It's a D two in North Georgia. Okay. Is anybody so in the family under six foot? My brother. And one of my sisters. Okay. Right. Only one of them. Only one of them. But she's probably about 5'11". She's 5'10". Yeah. 5'10". Still super tall for a girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Not playing libero. Com- <laughs> no. They, they were all outside hitters. Yeah, no doubt. So you're a competitive family. Yeah. Obviously. Very competitive. I'm sure that y'all had some uh, holidays and uh, growing up you had some some heated. Oh, we, sure, some, sure some furniture's gotten broken inside. Yeah. I think growing up I used to be a Georgia fan until I was like 10 years old. Um, but my brother for some reason was a Florida fan. Uh-huh. And like, I remember this not as well as he does, but there was a time where we were when Georgia, Florida were playing each other, and we were sitting on the couch, and I guess Tim Tebow scored a touchdown. I punched him in the face because, of that. <laughs> and like, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He was just a Florida fan, you know. I love that. So, I love that. Oh, that's that. great. That's good. Now your LSU fans say, like, "I'll still punch you in the face." Now Florida scores touchdown. Has he converted? Need more LSU dogs. He is an LSU fan. All right, good. There we go. Or we'd be playing wiffle ball in the backyard, and we'd only get like an inning and a half in because. That sounds we'd familiar get, now. Yeah, it was no longer wiffle ball. No, we'd yeah. get pissed off and run inside or 
chase each other around the yard with the little yellow bat. Can't just let them go outside and play. Next thing you know, they're literally uh-huh. rolling in the ground fighting each uh-huh. other. I'll figure That's, it out. That's awesome. Dad couldn't be more proud. I love um, it. Well, man, listen. I'm, I've been, I've enjoyed watching you play yeah. right this year. Like I enjoyed watching the growth. I will continue to enjoy watching the growth of you. I'm, I'm bummed I only get to watch you for two years, maybe, because you're a draft eligible sophomore. But you know the adjustments that you made early on the season and, and kind of the, the approach that you have is is very impressive, man. And the way that you speak and approach the game and and you're mature beyond your years, which I think is is rare and, and it's pretty good to see. And I think that's the common theme, honestly, with a lot of the guys on the team right now. And right. so I was using great hands moving yeah. forward. So I appreciate you coming on the show, dude. All right, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah. I don't want to keep you too, too long. I'm sure you got probably some study hall or yeah, right. some, something. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I had said something going on, but, uh, y'all still have assigned study hall hours. No. Wow. And I, okay. Yeah, you guys are living a life. We used to have, we used to have to get eight a week. We do. We have study hall on the road, but it's not like, it's not mandatory for school. It's like uh, our coach is just like, hey, we're on the filming. road. We're supposed to be doing school yeah, well, for, work. Let's do some for, for, like For baseball, we had mandatory eight hours of study hall through the course of the week. Mm-hmm. Now, as you got older, it went down, right? No, no, no. could trust you more. As, as you got older and the grades stayed good, yeah, it, it went, went down. down, right? So, like, eventually I didn't have any, but yeah. when I was a freshman, everybody had eight. Oh, you were in that thing, Coach. I was in that. But I kind of liked it because you saw everybody you in there. See, see. You saw everybody in there. doing work. What do you Every, mean? Well, you see everybody. You're trying to get a tutor. You just got to let everybody know who you are. You know, you're a freshman. You got to get to know everybody. Wear all your gear. So you were, so you were just... No, no. Uh, maybe I did. That, that was no, a so you are just waving around, hello, how you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm Mikey. Good Number eight. If y'all need any help, I'm studying... You're from studying, Masscom. I'm studying doing? econ up there and... My cousin works here. Cubby, Cubby three. If you want to go over there, um, no, dude. I appreciate you, man. We're gonna have you back on at some point throughout the course of the year. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what's next, and y'all keep going and, and progressing forward. But I'll watch y'all tomorrow and this weekend. And good luck. Yeah, yes, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. All right, uh, we're gonna take up. a two minute break. Get him out of here, and then uh, we'll be right back. You're watching mic'd up. Those are your Heineken headlines. Heineken has been an unbelievable sponsor for us, right? Um, I understand some people may not like Heineken, and that's okay. Tell me that. Good shot. Heineken just came out with the Heineken Silver. And if you have not liked Heineken in the past, that's okay. Heineken Silver doesn't taste anything like the other Heineken beers. Heineken is their light beer. It is 95 calories. It is 4% alcohol. It tastes very good, it's very crisp. Sit back, relax, open up a Heineken Silver, enjoy baseball season coming up, enjoy the LSU Tigers, enjoy some women's basketball. If you're watching it at home, pop open a Heineken Silver. Because I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'm, I'm look, Heineken's a sponsor of us, and I am very happy and honored that they are a sponsor. I did not really enjoy Heineken in my previous times drinking Heineken. I have learned to like it a little bit. Some people like it. Tell you what, I drank this, Heineken Silver, and I enjoyed it. I've drank, I've, I've got a couple cases delivered to my house today, actually, and uh, I'm enjoying it. So go ahead, go try a Heineken Silver. It's their new product. It's their new beer. It's their new line. It is very light, 95 calories, 4% alcohol. Tastes really good. Try it. Thanks, Jack. That was nice. We didn't even practice that first time. All right. 
Welcome back to Miked Up. <clears throat> we are going to bring you home here in the last 30 minutes of the show. Uh, if you're just tuning in, I feel sorry for you. You missed a good one. Uh, but I don't just, feel that. Just over 100. Just over 100. I don't feel that bad for you because you still can go and rewind it, and we're going to post it, and you can see it. That's uh, cool live because you can't ask the questions as these guys are in here. But we had Jay Johnson in the first hour. He came on the show at 6.10, kind of recapped the weekend, talked about what to look forward to uh, in the games tomorrow and over the course of the weekend. And then Jared, J- Jared Bear Jones came into the studio um, and had about a 30-minute interview on – uh, kind of his mindset, what adjustments he made over the course of the last couple of weeks because he kind of went through a mini slump and he broke out of it in a big way with four homers over the weekend. He is the SEC Freshman of the Week and uh, very big human being and a very impressive human being and kind of the way he approaches the game and how he speaks about the game. Um, I was impressed. I know Jerry was impressed. And uh, I am looking forward to seeing his growth as a baseball player. He is only a draft. He is a draft-eligible sophomore. I think him and Paxton – I'll tell you what, having draft him, eligible sophomores. Having him in here, having Paxton in here, having Gavin in here, which I think were the only three freshmen on this team. No, we had Zeb too, but he's a he's a red shirting. Well, I mean in here, like literally in here. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We had Paxton on video call too. But I wasn't even here for the for the Zeb interview, so yeah. I can't speak on that one. Right. But having those three guys on and seeing the type like the type of quality hue and they are. It speaks so much. I mean, we knew it. You could tell yeah, when they're coming like, in. Come on, man. When a, when a guy comes in here and he has that kind of mindset towards what he's doing, and then the, obviously the ability is there. No the, doubt. The sky's the limit. I can see why they've all hit the ground running so far. No doubt. But before we really get going into the other conversations that we have, that interview with Jared Jones. I'm going to let Lloyd just weasel his way in here. There you go. That interview with Jared Jones brought to you our, by our friends at FCO Solutions. Development. Development. <laughs> Our friends at FCO Development, they are a civil construction company down in Lafayette. They specialize in new multifamily construction. Um, part of that specialization includes site drainage, site utilities, earthworks, site clearing, house pads, ponds, demo work, and hurricane cleanup. Um, again, the company name is FCO Development. They are based out of Lafayette. They do work everywhere. Uh, they are great people. They have been in the industry for a really long time. If you have a job or you're looking to have a job and you're you need to get them to work it or quote it call our friend tyler today at 318-229-5585 again the number is 318-229-5585 what's the special that he's giving out right now lloyd if you ever meet him on the golf course at oakbourne you challenge oh it's only at oakbourne now oh it could be wherever but they're based out of lafayette oakbourne old school country club they just redid the clubhouse fire member guests coming up but if you see him (laughs) Challenge him, call him. He will give you a free quote for. Well, it is a free quote. We'll give you a free job. He'll give you a free job. He'll give you a free if build you from him. the ground up. If you beat him in if golf, you can beat and him. he'll give you strokes. He once challenged his brother, who was a professional, not a professional golfer. He went to ULM on a golf scholarship. We're at uh, we do an Augusta watch party every year, and it got to the point where he's like, "I'll give you a stroke a hole, and I'll still beat you by ten shots." So, watch out for T on the Did golf beat course. Him? Yeah, they never played because it almost came to blows, but. That's the guy that's that you've been going up that's, against. That's a very insulting. Uh, it was. That's very insulting. I'm gonna give you a stroke a hole. You're my older brother. So I'm giving you. You're my older brother. You play college golf. I'm gonna give you 18 strokes, and I'm still gonna beat you by 10 strokes. Yeah. That's. And then I mean, Tiger I, won the Masters, and everything would, was all good. He would beat me, and so it's fine. He'd beat me with oh, those. He same would. Terms. He would go with those same terms. Tiger Woods, Stephen Ames match play nine and eight, where it's like, I'm gonna blow your doors off. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but 
Again, the, that's the guy that you're dealing with. He's very competitive. He's very good at what he does. He's a good guy. Efco, he's a nice man. Don't he's get, a very nice yeah, guy. Yeah, Efco, Efco Development. Call Tyler today. Tyler Leday today. Uh, I like that. You like double that? day? You like that double day? Um, to get a to get a quote, they do a very good job. So I do that I do like that. Jay got the cool Papa Bell reference. He did get that. Did you, I, I'm on. I'm, Jay was I, all over the that. bear cave. He was all over that. I, yeah, I, I named it the that. bear cave. We need to get like a cooler. We got. I mean, you got to have a section in the outfield. The yeah, bear cave. Yeah, exactly. It's the bear cave. You have the booze cruise, and you you'd have be the better bear off cave. putting there. You'd be better off putting it right by the dugout because he might play a little more first than he does way out there. No doubt. But unless you want to, unless you. But because if you put it in the outfield, like you really got to put it like not on the field because he don't hit any. The balls he hits don't land anywhere near the field. Put it on top right. of the scoreboard. <laughs> put it out, yeah. Put it behind the scoreboard. Nobody can see it. <laughs> That's where the ball lands. Um, all right. So we talked a lot about LSU baseball. We talked a lot about. Really, LSU baseball. That's really the only thing we've talked about so far. So before, here for. huh? That's what they're here for. That's what they're here we're for. Talked before, about Texas A and M too. Uh, baseball in general, right? Before we Blue get Blue Bell Park, Blue <laughs> Bell Park. I would never have gotten that. No, I would hell never of a sponsor. I've never been there. I've never been there. Me either. They they came in the SEC the year after I left, so I've never I've never played there. But they came in the SEC two years after I left. So <laughs> <laughs> three years actually. Three years. Three years. No, two. A year after you came in the SEC yeah, just as I got there. Three. Just yeah, a little bit. A bit. Um, all right, so Fly before we get to caught, <laughs> five ball caught. <laughs> before we get to the segments, the last little segments we have, uh, let's talk a little bit around uh, the sporting world. Right? We talked a little bit about Will Wade get signing or signing, taking the job at McNeese. Uh, I think that's really good for him. He's getting he's back into the college basketball world. He's in Louisiana where he's familiar. With the area, he's familiar with recruiting. I think he's going to do a really good job with McNeese State. I think he's going to get them to be very competitive, and I think they're probably going to be a tournament team um, with him there. Now, I don't think that they're going to be – and they may beat LSU maybe one or two times. Who knows? But as far as, like, getting the talent away from LSU, I don't think that that's where LSU needs to compete with. I think LSU needs to compete with some of the bigger guys. Now, he may get some of the smaller guys that maybe wanted to come to LSU and could have been, like, a, a, the added pieces – to Magnese, but some of these big guys that we would potentially lose, quote unquote, are gonna we're gonna lose them to bigger. Well, I, I just was literally gonna say, if the guys that we're getting here are routinely coming down to LSU or Magnese, there's a there's a good chance we're not gonna be that competitive, right? In the SEC and or national kind of yeah, no field. doubt, no so. doubt. So I just you know shout out to to Will. For getting a job, he, and I'm sure back. there's going to be some good ones that go look. Back. And listen, I don't think Will Wade's going to be there for that much, for that long. I think yeah. he's going to take this as kind of like a uh, you know get rebuild his coaching career, like get out there again. He did his resume at LSU was was unmatched, right? He was very very had a lot of success here, and it just came down to you know somebody had to get sacrificed, and he was the one, yeah. you know, and and that's just very the way unfortunate, it went. yeah, very unfortunate. Um, Let's talk a little Saints real quick. I want to talk a little NFL, All right? Aaron Rodgers. It's Trey Wingo, who's been on our show a few times, has said that Trey. Uh, it seems like the Jets. I don't know. I haven't looked at. He said done deal earlier. He said it seems like it's a done deal. I haven't looked at Twitter to see if it actually is a done deal. I feel like if it is, you you wouldn't have to look at Twitter. Your phone would have been tapping. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And so you know, a lot of people have disputed that. I think that the Jets and the Packers and Aaron Rodgers know, even though they said they haven't been told what Aaron Rodgers wants yeah. to do. Uh, but 
seems like what everybody's assuming seems like Aaron Rodgers moving on from Green Bay. He's going to go to New York. And all of the guys, Sauce Gardner is extremely hot. Gary Wilson is extremely happy. And boy, you know who's not extremely happy is our friend, uh, the old quarterback. Oh, I got so much wires. Oh, good. I'm not doing very well. I gotta, I'm getting caught up in the thing. Okay, now we're good. He had been here in a minute. Quarterback Sorry. Zach Wilson is not happy. And here's the other things. He looked happy when I saw him earlier. Oh, yeah, well, that was before the Aaron Rodgers things happened. And now Sauce Gardner and Garrett. Is Mother's Day coming up or something? Garrett Wilson is that very, they're very happy. And they're being very vocal about being happy on Twitter. That shows you how bad Zach Wilson has been as a quarterback and how much they don't like him. That's such a that's such a weird dynamic. We talked about didn't we talk about that Friday where like today's game it's you may like be openly recruiting someone and that other person you're basically recruiting against right it's on the team it's still on the he's still on the roster uh, it's that's gotta be a weird and thing. I guess it's the off season the, so I, I'd assume that yeah if, but he's gonna have to see him at some point like well we talked about with James Winston David Clark yeah, they're trying to like, restructure James for thing. the Saints and it's like and there was guys on the team who Michael were openly Thomas. coming out saying yeah we got you know we're happy that Derek signed well I think that I think the James thing they know that it's probably gone so I think they're probably gonna try to restructure where they take someone and let him go there's no resolution to that yet right no, he has no a, he but has it's more of the team dynamic if they do bring him yeah, back and that's, you have people that are about. vocal on imagine you media. being in the same clubhouse where no people were you know like I get it. we brought in a new left fielder yeah and they're like pumped about it you're like oh well, well i didn't really play left that much but it's like center right <laughs> i'm just joking i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> i get what you're saying but you know it's it is a weird dynamic obviously Derek carr is the guy and he's extremely happy that someone put up a stats of his numbers and Drew Brees' numbers through the first nine seasons of their career, and David Derek Derek Carr's numbers are better than Drew Brees' numbers were. Well, you can't compare him to. No, I'm not comparing him as far as like the end of their career, but at that point in their career, numbers wise, yeah, that's the San Diego Drew Brees, though, right? Not, not all of it. Drew it, wasn't in San Diego for nine years. He was yeah. there for five. That's what I'm saying. Nine, he got, though. We, we, nine yeah, yeah. That's more. what I'm saying. I'm saying that's after a Super Bowl, yeah. too. Yeah, I'm thinking more people, but then they they had multiple seven and nine seasons. Drew threw for over five thousand yards, and that's where he like compiled a bunch of statistics no where the Saints weren't. No, we agree. Was uh, what he's saying I'm not is that, taking anything away. What he's saying is that the first four years in New Orleans and Super Bowl. Or in those numbers, basically. Right. Like my, 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 I'm not taking anything away from Drew. Drew is a Hall of Famer. I'm saying yeah. that Derek Carr's numbers. People give, I think, Derek Carr a bad reputation because of, oh, he's not that cool. He's not that good. He does this. He does that. Well, his numbers are comparable to a Hall of Fame quarterback through their first nine years. Now, obviously, the back half of Drew's career made him the Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. The yeah. Super Bowl helped, but everything else uh, made him that guy. I think Derek Carr got was in a very tough situation in Oakland and Oakland slash Las Vegas. And now he's moving into a situation that he you would imagine is a lot better. Saints have been known to be one of the best clubhouse, the best run teams in the league. And, um, you know, I think that puts the Saints in a position to compete, right? And so with that, they have restructured a bunch of deals on their, on, on their roster to create a lot of cap space. Michael Thomas seems like he's happy because he's tweeting. He wants to be there. Cam Jordan just restructured his deal more cap space. They got rid of basically their entire defensive line, which leads you to believe that they're going to spend some money on that defensive line. They're going to buy, they're going to they're going to go spend for a big free agent and they have all their draft capital. They haven't had to use any of that yet. So to me it puts the Saints in a position in the offseason to give a lot of hope 
and well, confidence to the fan base. Especially in the division that you're in. Because right. the other teams still have not made moves to make them seem like, well, the other ones. But you're going to have a rookie quarterback there. Right. So, like, the, the big move. And you also trade everybody else. Right. To, you've, you've traded your best receiver. You don't have any other receivers. Well, I say, I mean, they still have Terrence Marshall there. But you've traded your best receiver. You're going to have a rookie quarterback. It's going to be tough to win there. Now, right. Future-wise, probably a good outlook, but that's going to be tough to win. Yeah, no doubt. And so same it, with same with Atlanta, right? Exactly. They're, they're getting some guys, and it seems like Atlanta's still trying to go and get. They say they're out of Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Right. They may be, but you know it seems like they're in the market to get a free agent quarterback as well. Um, but the Saints have put themselves, and I, I know, I don't know what Lloyd's going to say about this, but does this make you more confident going into the offseason than it did before? The only thing that makes me more confident is the buy-in you're getting from the veterans. You're seeing people that Alvin Kamara restructured. Cam Jordan is obviously the leader in that locker room. He restructured. They're obviously still holding on. I to think them. they wanted to see, hey, what are you going to – show me that you're committed to still winning now. And This is that This move. is it, right? But I also think that they've – by doing this and doing what they've done, I think they've also committed to building their team to win for a long time. Not just for this year, right? Like, yeah, you have Derek Carr, but you only have him for really three years. Right, you can figure out what happens after those three years. You kick some cans down the road. I get that, but at some point you have the you have still have draft capital on. So you can draft some young guys. You've already drafted some successful young guys. So you have the ability to build your team for the long run. Well, too. they courted him perfectly by saying we'll offer to trade for Derek Carr, and then the trade negotiations get shut down. But it shows Derek Carr that you're 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 ready. You want him. you're you're throwing them the flowers. I want to give you this rose now. And, and then the rate, it's on the Raiders at that point. And they say, no, it's like, okay, perfect. Yeah. So we can sign you in free agency. But that, in his mind, was the reason he signed with the Saints. Like, they were the, it's almost like getting recruited in college. They were the first team that showed interest. I'm going to well, be. Well, it was the first. You, know, you got to remember the connection he also had as well, right? Right. Dennis so Allen. That plays, you know, that plays huge to him, too. I That's think. what makes me nervous more than anything is the no change on the offensive side with Pete that, And that's the only well, other thing. Well, I say the, the, so my, I guess my biggest point of optimism is. You don't have any other, at this date, any other known winning veteran quarterbacks, right? So with Tom Brady like being in the division before that, you always sit here and say, well, it doesn't matter what I really think about the team. There's a good chance that at the end of the season, at the end of the 17-game schedule, there's a good chance that they're going to be right there, whatever right there in this division is. I don't feel that way about the other teams in the division as of today. And so it makes me feel better about, all right, well, they can be at the top of this division. Now just right. what is the top of this division and what is the ceiling of where they can go? Yeah, it gives me more hope. It gives me, it makes the offseason more exciting for me. Uh, football season's a long ways away. We have a lot of conversations yeah. about a lot of other sports before football season gets here. But the draft's coming up, and NFL loves to be in the limelight. And so just, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I want to hit on it. They never leave it. They never leave it, no doubt. Um, but it's it's uh, it, it makes – the potential of next year, next football season for New Orleans, a lot better and a lot more exciting. Um, all right. What do you think their ceiling is? I think their ceiling is obviously. I think their ceiling next year is probably ten wins. Same bet. Uh no, their their win total is going to be a little lower. I would imagine. But if it's going to be a little higher. I think if you. Uh... Actually, their win total might be the same. Eight wins because eight and nine is a losing record, and with Derek Carr, they have an upgrade in the quarterback position, right? I think their one, their one, their over owner is probably seven and a half, maybe. I think their ceiling is ten, divisional round. 
Yeah, ten wins. Whether, whether or not they get in by the wild card berth or not. That's that's right now though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right that's now. not that's not saying okay. Maybe they go get a big right free now. agent and like yeah. Maybe get a big free agent. Maybe who who knows? But right now, I think divisional round is their ceiling. That's okay. They're clearly angling to make some sort of move with the restrictions that they've yep. made on the cap and diverting money to. Well, we told you. We, I mean, we you, when we had um, I forget his name earlier on. He talked about it like. Oh, triplet, triplet. The, their business model right now, they have to win. They have to put people in the stand, so they have to go for it right now. Yeah, right. That's the only way that they're going to be able to kind of get back into it after the way they've kind of structured these things over the past years of how they've tried to you know make a run with Breeze all these years. So they have to be able to be in it right now, and they're making moves to keep themselves and give themselves a chance to win right now. Patrick Peterson was on the block too. Got scooped up by the Steelers. Did. It's a good pickup by them. I would love to have seen him in the black and gold. One of his better years of his career last year, too. Yeah. Sneaky. Mm-hmm. Sneaky good. Even on a defense that didn't play that great, too. Right, right. Um, all right. Let's get to the Seggies. Brought to you by? Well, we haven't, we haven't even announced oh, the segment yet. I feel like yet. we go Doze Eat Place first. Mistake of the day is brought, brought to you by our friends at Doze Eat Place, which I was actually about to bring this up to y'all. Are y'all free for lunch tomorrow? Yes. Tuesday, absolutely. Yes. Okay, we, I think we should do that. We should go to Doze tomorrow for lunch as a team. Team lunch? Team Doze. Team lunch. See? That's what happens when he goes out of town. He misses the boys a little bit. Team, team lunch. Dose. to get back together with the, with the Team squad. lunch. We need Jack to come with a camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ulterior motive. <laughs> we can do both. Um, all right, curtain call. Mistake of the I mean, not curtain call. Mistake of the day is brought to you by Doze Eat Place. Um, what we got, dude? Hold on, let me find it again. I just had it. It is... One of the fouler things I've seen in sports. Okay, now, before you say this, before you show the video, Uh-oh. I will say this. What he did is wrong. He deserves the, he deserves the um, what happened to him. But what the player did before that, he should have been tossed out of the game. That should have been the way before, before he struck, before the next pitch. You cannot do that with, like, that. the bat, bat, the bat is a much. no-no, right? So yeah. he should have tossed him. I mean, that's one thing, right? But if you're not going to toss him, to do what you did next is not right. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I can't do it like this. Hold on. Let me merge back. Where am I? I don't know. Oh, here we go. Sorry, I was on the wrong tab. So this is what we're talking about. Obviously, this made waves. LSU's playing Norwegian. Nor- New Orleans. New Orleans. No. Uh, tomorrow. But so they were caught up in this. It's 7-3, top nine, two outs. Like, game's over. Whatever, whatever. And then you get... I'm with Mikey. You can't do the bat. Okay, look, that one's... This like, is fine. It this was, is okay. It was, it, was a, it was the pitch before that. It may have been a... Da- no, that was the right Oh, one. that was the one. That's the one. It right may right. have been down, but that's not that bad. He, the reaction was not good. And But this that's is not egregious. Good. That should never happen. And then he walks right off the field like that, like... It was a clear vendetta. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pitch before is what caused it. I get it. The, the batter jumping up and down one that doesn't look good is fine. It doesn't cause... But going back and pointing with the bat probably deserved to get tossed. But it was the last out of the game. So why toss him? Let him go in. If you're not going to toss him, though, then you gotta you, you can't just do that. You can't, It's not Little League, Coach. Yeah, you can't just say, oh, gotta go shame on the- you. We're, done, we're getting you out. Like, no, no, you can't do that. But and a lot of people pointed this out. Good on the catcher for being like, look, I know that was fucked up. Yeah. 
it's not our fault. I didn't ask him to call a strike. Right. But and then you get to today. I'm gonna I'm give the kid the kid the, the kid hitting a little bit of props too because you as respect yourself off, at some point. Well, as pissed off. Well, I'll be honest. Well, as pissed off as he was. And to get a call that bad after it, and for it, it, it really to stay a conversation, because I've seen those situations. You can see those situations turn way no worse doubt. than what that just did, right? I think that's where the catcher helped a I'll little bit. i give him a little respect. Because he's probably saying some shit yeah. that was yeah, yeah, yeah. wild. No, no doubt. And look, for me, it's like I have no problem with the kid being upset. I would have been pissed off too. Oh, my God. Um, my issues with the like, – you can't – if you're not going to toss him for pointing with the bat on the pitch for which I agree, like you didn't toss him because it was the last out of the game that was already in hand – so you're not gonna do that. Then you just gotta you gotta play out the at bat. You can't just yeah. oh I'm mad at you for trying Don't to show show me, me up. Yeah, we can't do. You that. can't be doing that. We can't do that. Not, not even now if the pitch was borderline, that's what, that wasn't even close. Not even close. And some people were saying that it was close enough to be called a strike, and I just don't agree. It was down, but super down. The Little League World Series? No, the pitch before. The pitch before. The pitch before. Oh, the pitch. Oh, yeah, the pitch before, they're like, it was borderline. It was a, no, no, no. It's down, but it's a it's a very good pitch. Yeah. yeah. It's a very the, the good pitch. The catcher did it no favors. Yeah. Well, he did the... He did the no, he did. He went down. No, no, like, no, the catcher did no favors. But that's what it feels like. He helped the umpire make the call, and it was a terrible frame job in my mind. Like, right. He caught but it low. That, but that call, like, it. I've seen worse called strikes. Yeah. Right, and then the next one is just that's and, just and, and like, honestly, hey. like as we are hitters too, like it wasn't on the ground. I'd much rather you be bad here than be bad east yeah, and west. Right? I know that's not a strike. Like this is hard for me to cover. I got a chance somewhat here. Right. So just so justice was served, statement on New Orleans and Mississippi Valley baseball contest. The South Dakota Conference official has decided that he is suspended indefinitely. So no word on when he'll be back. But they reviewed the tape, which I'd imagine didn't take very long. And they have decided to suspend old boy from. Yeah. There's no doubt about why love, he did it. And I love the end of this. I love the end from of the Southland baseball games. The conference will have no further comment. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't ask me any questions. Don't, don't ask us. It's over. It's over. <laughs> like, so, yeah, look, we did our job. Yeah, don't right? ask me any questions. That's a good one. Good job. I mean, that was um, that was egregious. That was that was a good one. Yeah, I don't think you could. Um, all right. Curtain calls brought to you by our friends down at Assured Partners. We'll get back on the screen so I can Who? show Assured Partners. Huh? What? Oh, huh? there he is. Yeah, by our friends at Assured Partners. Who? Me? Oh, what? Oh, it was Frankie Harris Friday. Oh, yeah, it was. Frankie Friday. Frankie, it was Frankie all week last week. Yeah, well, Frank wasn't here, so <laughs> Frankie deserved it. <laughs> Frankie deserved it. So, um, all right, curtain calls. You got one? I have a couple. I got one. Let me lead it off. Yeah, you then. lead it off. I'm going to go with curtain call to the, this was tough now, the Nicaraguan. I'm very, that's a, that's a tough only one. Person, Nicaraguan you're pitcher. You're the only person I can make 21 year old Duque Hebert? Hebert? 21-year-old, doesn't not on a team, struck out Juan Soto, struck out Julio Rodriguez, struck out Rafael Devers, and Detroit Lions said, hey, buddy, come on, come Detroit play with Lions. us. Detroit, uh, wow, Detroit Tigers. Hey, buddy, come on, we need you. So oh, they signed him. Signed him right immediately after. Wow. That's, this is, so just to let everybody know, like I, rem- I can remember. Wow, that's ooh, dirty. It's oh, dirty. It's, oh, it's nasty. I can remember the first time I saw a Jose Abreu or a Yasiel Puig play in the thing. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, these guys are really good, right? This is another situation where you see somebody like, oh, wait, I've I never seen this kid before. Got signed. Who knows where it goes from here? But he's got, he's got a, a very nasty changeup. Changeup change is disgusting. Oh, that's kind, of, that's kind of dirty, too. Yeah. Hey, kid, go face these three guys. What's okay. his velo? Look, Does he have a fastball? I haven't seen it. That doesn't matter. But he's okay. throwing that. His, his fastball is obviously decent because when he throws that, these guys are not even close to it right now. Wow. So, yeah. Good for him. Shout out to that's him. That's a great that's current impressive. call. Yeah, that's, that's a great current call. Good for him. What you got? 
my curtain call is this may be obvious but I mean you can't ignore the fact that we had somebody with three straight oh, no. tens oh no yeah yeah and her last home gymnastics meet place was on fire ESPN retweeted it obviously LSU retweeted it she went viral for I mean unbelievable three out of four I think it's like hold on I have the stat does she have the record for most all around score no, because I, I think, I don't know. Uh, Bryant now owns 10 career perfect scores to place her top for the most in program history. In the Tigers' competition against West Virginia, she recorded her first career perfect scores on bars and floors and eighth on vault to move to a total of 10. And it is made program history. Yeah, so she made program history with three total 10s in one wow. night. Unbelievable. Shout out to Hey Bryant. Because it's not this, obviously, we're used to LSU gymnastics being very competitive. It hasn't been that same with their record. Obviously, the numbers are you know bear out very closely. It comes down to a decimal point, but for her to be able to end off like send off her career in that way when she's been a stud all year, very impressive. Very impressive. There and they're in the playoffs, right? Like coming up or like the how does that work? I mean, they're like ranked in the top five or think of the, in the country, so top ten for sure. I don't I'm know how that works, but That's shout right. out shout out to Haley Bryant because that is impressive. Very 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 impressive. Um, all right. My curtain call is to, uh, they have been not very good team over the last, I don't know, however many years. 20? Since the 80s? No, it hasn't been that long, huh? Well, Jay Cutler got knocked out with the fake MCL sprain, and then... Yeah, I don't know, however long it's been, but the Chicago Bears. was like 2011. They had the number one pick, or they had a, they have Justin Fields, who was their top pick, right? Uh, Two years ago, or was it last year? Two years ago. And they have the number one pick in the draft this year with him as a quarterback. And they said, you know what, we have enough faith in him that we're going to trade our number one pick to the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers, in return for that pick, sent over two first-round picks, a first-round this year and a first-round next year, two second-round picks, their second-round pick this year and the second-round pick in 2025, and their leading receiver in D.J. Moore. So the Bears already have their franchise quarterback or who they believe their franchise quarterback to be, and they go ahead and say, we have the, the best asset in any, of anybody in the NFL, so we're going to go ahead and trade the number one pick and get more assets for the guy that we believe is our number one quarterback, and we're going to give him a top-tier receiver, plus we're going to go out and give him a bunch of weapons. I think that's awesome. And Aaron Rodgers probably leaving your division, even better. So shout-out to the Chicago Bears because I love, I love when teams go out there and make, an op- like, make it very apparent that they're trying to win. And they're putting their 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 faith in a guy that they have they've trusted. Did you see the draft odds change? Yeah, of course. Did you see who went? Yep, Bryce Young's number. No, I mean uh, Caleb Stroud's number one. So there's CJ obviously Stroud. some sort of tether. CJ, what did I say, Caleb? Mm-hmm. I did what you did. You did what you, I did. I'm, you too. You, I've been around you too long. Caleb Williams <laughs> and CJ Stroud's your fault. It is my the fault. The Detroit Lions got a good baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> Watch oh, out man. now. <laughs> you better watch out for CJ Stroud is now favorite to go number one. Caleb Young. And uh, don't do that. <laughs> CJ Stroud is a hell of a uh, player. Bryce Young is, I think, it's the second highest odds to go. Right. He on, was right? he was like minus 200 or something like that. Now, CJ Stroud is like minus 400, which is crazy. So somebody has some sort of inside, inside information info, no doubt. that they made this trade to get CJ Stroud. I don't know if he had to go all the way up to one to get him. But it feels like finally the Bears might be on the right track to be able to do something, right? Yeah, put right. something around him. No right? doubt. And listen, I, I like that. Give, give this. Give, if he's a guy you're going you're gonna to invest in, give him the opportunity to, to be the best that he can. And if he doesn't succeed with all those opportunities, then okay. Then you know. Then you know. You know. But, and you have picks to build around next. Right. You know. Right. Exactly. Um, but all right. Do you think that they are able? To, we saw Justin Fields in college, and they turned him into something that he never did in college. 
because they had to. They didn't have enough they had, around. They didn't have anything else around them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but, but that's my question: is is it on the offensive staff or is it on? Oh, it's yeah, it's definitely. I mean, they got to finish. Like that can't be the game plan going no, into no, no, next no, no, year. No, 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 no. Well, I was about to say they got to finish. You know, rounding out the roster. But yeah, it's there's a lot. So like. You get to what what they've done so far. By the end of by the by the time it's time for contract extension for Justin Fields, you're we'll gonna know. find you're gonna find out if he stays, if the OC, if the OC stays, if right. the head coach stays, if the GM yeah, stays, know. all of that. And You'll this find is, and out this that. helps them make them know, right? Yeah. So like he threw 17 touchdown passes last year, which isn't great. Twelve of those 17 came in the last five games of the season. Yeah. So he started to figure some out. I don't believe that they're gonna try to run as much. He had almost 1,200 yards rushing. Which that's is crazy for crazy a for a quarterback, right? Now, like Lamar not Jackson does that, but I think it, I think that you want him to be able to run. So, like seven hundred yards rushing, eight hundred yards rushing as a quarterback, still very, very, very good, right? So you can still use his legs. I think that they like his arm. He didn't run that much when he was in college, so I think putting the receivers around him and putting a better scheme around him is going to help. But and also getting all these a uh, lot more talent is going to help as well. Hopefully, they use some of that talent on the offensive line, protect them because that's important. But to a team to go out there and show faith in a guy, you know, I'm, I'm a I'm a former player and like I like to see that, and so that's why it's my curtain call. And shout out Jawan Johnson for signing with the Saints. He's shout out Jawan Johnson because he's a he's a, and he's a stud man. Yeah, he really is. I and think he loves New Orleans. And he's gonna take the next step. He's took he took a huge step this year. I think he scored six or seven touchdowns. Next year, I think he's gonna be. Yeah. He's a big. I think he's gonna be a big big guy in in the uh, Saints offense. In the Saints offense, yeah. Um. All right. Welcome I'm back. Glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. It's what been a Monday. Uh, it was a long, arduous. Uh, yeah, I won't say arduous, but it was just long. It was long. Five, leaving Wednesday morning, coming back on Sunday, not being around the boys, not being on the show. You know, it was long. But I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we had a good show today. And uh, we'll be back again live on Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. And then Friday from 1 to 3 p.m. Our friend Joe Schwartz is going to come on the show live on Wednesday. Talk about March Madness. Talk about the, the men's side because he played basketball at Texas, so he's got a little insight on that. But also talk about... The matchups with the women's side and, and where he sees LSU and you know what they feel about after getting the, the three seed. But like I said, at this point in the, in the season, they're in the tournament. They're a three seed. It's put up or shut up, and I think that's kind of what they want. That's, that's how they would rather it anyway. Yeah. So uh, come join us again on Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. here from the studio. And football then join us again. Also? Huh? Baseball game will be on. And the baseball game will be on. Yes, absolutely. The baseball the game will be on. No, no. The baseball game tomorrow, Coach. Uh, Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Tuesday this week. Baseball games tomorrow, Sorry, but we will preview the game on Friday from 1 to 3 from our show here in the studio. We are not going to AM. We're not. We're not going to AM, but we will preview the game from here from 1 to 3. And uh, it's the first it's SEC all that weekend. You didn't pack up shit. It's been packed from our rolls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but looking forward to seeing y'all. Appreciate y'all. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. And uh, we're excited to uh, end, your, end your Monday. You're, hopefully you didn't have any Sunday scaries. And if we did have some Sunday scaries, hopefully we ended those Monday blues today. Thanks for coming. Thanks. And you know what? We enjoyed you. Now, uh, you're watching Mic'd Up. We'll see you again on Wednesday. Peace. Peace.